My name is Lex, and this week on the season finale of Spidey Signals, me and my co-host Alex discuss John Watts's Spider-Man No Way Home, great expectations, and a hell of a lot of spoilers. Get ready to unleash the multiverse, because it's time for Spidey Signals. Welcome back to Spidey Signals, the podcast where two guys with the same name talk about Spider-Man. I'm Lex. And I am Alex. Last week, we uh, had a really fun episode. We talked about the Master Planner saga. Uh, good comic books. Yeah, they should they should make more of those sometime. Good comic books. Yeah. Yeah, those those uh those Stan and Steve, they're 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 gonna go far, I think. Wonder what they're up to these days. <laughs> the, the the grave, something like that. Uh, but enough chit chat. We've got something very very important to talk about this week. Direly, direly. It's the final episode of the season. Uh, fourteen long weeks have have passed since we started doing this, or this would be the fifteenth. Hmm. It's been a journey. It's been qu- it's been quite a journey. We've we've talked about so much, but we, we, we'll we'll get through our, our recap of the season uh, uh, at the end uh, because we've got much more impressing matters to talk about this week. We're talking about Spider Man No Way Home. I'm going to say this in the opening, the little spiel that I say in the beginning of every episode. But this is going to be fucking filled with spoilers. We, there's yeah. no way to conceivably talk about this movie. Uh, and even with our format, uh, there's no way to talk about this movie without there being a fuckload of spoilers. And since this right. is the first uh, time we're talking about a, a recent release, uh, I'm just gonna, we're going to say this now. This is your warning. Uh, this was spoilers. Yeah, we are literally us, Lex and Alex. We are we've had a hell of a time containing ourselves up to this point. Yes. So fair warning. And it's going to start here with the fun, the uh, the the basic facts. This film was released on December seventeenth, twenty twenty one, the day our master planner episode came out. It is directed. By our boy, John Watts. This, I believe, will be his last Spider-Man film before he goes on to do Fantastic Four. Uh, So whatever the next movies are, they're going to be directed by somebody else. Like Far From Home before it, uh, this film was written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. And, you know, as for the cast, we got kind of a stacked cast. I tried to trim it down as much as I could, get the main people. Uh, But we've got Tom Holland as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Uh, Zendaya as Michelle Jones Watson, Jacob Batalon as Ned Leeds, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn slash The Green Goblin, Alfred Molina as Otto Octavius slash Doctor Octopus, Jamie Foxx as Max Dillon slash Electro, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, J.K. Simmons, the man, the myth, the legend, as J. Jonah Jameson, and uh, yeah, uh, a- Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker slash Spider Man, and Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker slash Spider Man. Hmm, indeed. 
Indeed. To say the least. Yeah, so there you go. You've been spoiled. Uh, It's the worst kept secret in the world, but there you go. (laughs) Uh, The music is by Michael Giacchino. Once again, fucking killed it this time. Absolutely tremendous work. Uh, this movie had a budget of uh, around 200 to 250 million. I don't have a solid number, uh, and I don't know what the box office is because this movie is still in theaters. So it sold at least three tickets between Lex's two viewings and my one. It's making money. That's what. That's all I know. But yeah, uh, Alex, what are your, what are your personal experiences with Spider-Man: No Way Home? My personal experiences uh, kind of stretch and, and run the gamut here. This is uh, this is far from my first cinematic Spider-Man. Uh, you know, I caught most I caught all three. No, most of the Raimi's in theaters, half the Garfield's. And I've caught every single Tom Holland in theater. I'm very happy to say uh, with all of that said, uh, this this is one of the first movies I've seen back in the theater since the shit happened last year uh, in 2020, I should the say. Plague. Since we're almost the done plague with this hit. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I've seen like Dune and this and Halloween uh, are all the new stuff I've seen. You saw since. Halloween kills in theaters, you poor I, bastard. I did. And I, I loved it for how shitty it was. What uh, a piece of shit movie that was, you know. Oh, yeah. We talk, we've talked about uh, doing other stuff that's not Spider-Man related for a podcast. But, you know, God, what a piece of shit movie that was. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I also hated it for what it was. Take that well, how you will. It reminded me of the most of the Rise of Skywalker. It's like the Rise of Skywalker of Halloween movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not totally wrong. Uh, it has the most Michael McDonald in it per capita of any movie I've seen this year. So there we go. And I do mean the Mad TV guy, not the other one. Uh, with that, with all that said, um, movie theater going has been like a fresh thing for me again. There was a big year, year and a half long gap where I I wasn't able to see movies in the theater out of like fear of. Uh, you know, not being a breathing, living person anymore uh, as a as a severely auto immune compromised person myself. Yeah. Uh, going back to the theater and having this, th- I have to say, this was the least anxiety I've had about having this many people in a theater at the same time, because uh, like it felt like everyone in the room felt like we were all here for the same thing. I've had crowded theater experiences before with like the it remake and stuff like that, where it took away from the experience for me because people were hooting and hollering and cheering and like laugh screaming at totally inappropriate moments for the it remake. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you uh, what, the fu- what the fuck. It felt more like a going to a haunted house than seeing a movie. But with this, I felt like everyone in the room had the same like, fuck you. I'm here. I got my premiere day ticket like they were all the respectful people and Whenever there was like a room eruption moment, they shut the fuck up about a second later the next time someone opened their mouth to speak in the movie. So uh, as far as personal experiences go, I had a phenomenal fucking time uh, with this one in the theater, brand new, managed to see it spoiler free with both my partners. And it was just fucking fantastic. Um, I, I will get into it a bit more with trivia later. But while we're talking personal experience, I have a small list I'm going to go over later. Me being me, I was hyped as fuck about this movie because I'm the number one Toby boy. And uh, I had a small list of things like I wanted to see in the movie or I was hoping to see them reference. And I have two people, two human beings who hear me talk about Spider-Man in real life all the time who can corroborate this. I didn't miss a fucking thing. Not a single thing that I said I wanted didn't happen. 
and things that I was like really meticulous about. I want this to happen and I want it to happen this way happened to the point where those people were like, God damn, Alex, I think you might have written this movie. Uh, all of that serves to say my personal experience with this is just about the best possible one I could have hoped for. Yeah, uh, I'm I, I always say this. I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, I came back to the movie theaters a little earlier than you did. Uh, I was able to get my my I got a Johnson and Johnson vaccine, so mm-hmm. I just needed the the one and done. Uh, I got that back in March of this year. So at that point, I started coming back to theaters. Uh, I went and saw Drive in the theater for the first time. That was my first movie coming Ooh. back. Oh, it was so good. Uh, but then you know I I saw a couple of uh of of blockbusters you know in the theater when they came out. Uh, Nobody, which was really good by the way. Still uh, haven't seen it, and we very much want to. It's so good. Uh, Suicide Squad, you know, some other stuff. I went and saw Shang-Chi just for fun. Uh, it was all right. Uh, obviously, Dune. Got to go see Dune. Uh, of course. But, yeah, this was, obviously, this was the movie that I'd been waiting for for so long. And, you know, we talked about it before on the podcast. We didn't really want to be those guys. Uh, but we, I was a little bit concerned that they were going to push back the, the-, the-, the release date for this movie almost entirely because I had entirely planned the podcast around this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if it didn't happen, I was going to be like, "Ah, I got to fucking pull some shit out of my ass for the finale. It it, Uh, it went as well as it could have gone. Yes. Uh, And like you, I, I I, honestly, I haven't been to a lot of, of movie showings where the audience was really, you know, into it and clapping and energetic and stuff like that. Even when I went to go see Endgame in the town that I go to college in, uh, that you know wasn't a lot of pop-offs for Endgame, uh, but you know this movie I went to go see in my normal movie theater over in the the great city of Independence, uh, and people were fucking popping off. There was there, there was a great great energy in the crowd. Lots of people were going crazy. There are a couple of moments that I specifically remember people popping off at. There was one moment that I love a lot right towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second time I saw it, which was uh, back on Sunday the nineteenth, uh, wasn't at the energy wasn't as high. But I guess that's because some people have already seen the movie before, and also because they had to recalibrate the uh, IMAX projector when I got there, so it took like an extra hour before the movie actually started. So I guess people were a little unenthused by that point. Yeah, uh, I suppose. But yeah, I've this is the movie that I have been waiting for, and we're gonna get into it, but. Somehow it did almost everything I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of crazy. With but, everything I wanted, it, it almost felt like it'd be too big to fly, but like it works. Yeah, you know, I, I've talked about before my 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 concern over this as when they were like, "We're gonna have Doctor Octa- we're gonna have Doc Ock come back and Electro and all this other stuff," and I'm like, "Is this movie gonna be like good?" I was worried. <laughs> Because, you know, of all the other Spider-Man films that we've talked about, our first season where we go through all the Spider-Man movies, uh, every time there was a movie with more than one villain, it was always ranging from, eh, which would be Raimi 3, to complete dog shit like Amazing 2. Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's such a hard thing to balance having that many villains all at once that are so, not like... Infinity War Endgame, where they have Thanos as the main villain, but they have all the other tertiary villains who don't you don't mm-hmm. really care about. My uh, my main concern in all of that regard was that they did such a good job with Keaton's Vulture 
and Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, I, I was like, are they really not going to give us a third great original villain? Like, and not just, oh, well, we have no ideas. Let's just pull from the, the scrap heap, the graveyard of, of failed yeah. Spider-Man cinematic universes. And it, part, it, it, part of that part of that felt like a Sony decision where it's like, mm-hmm. we got to have this because we've always throughout uh, this podcast, we've always talked about Sony's intense desire to make a Sinister Six movie. And this was the closest they could get, even though there's only five villains in this movie. Uh, they were like, ah, we gotta do it. We gotta get the Sinister Six in here. And I'm like, this seems like it's gonna be a train wreck. Yeah, uh, right up until course, the day of release, I was thinking, God, they're holding up for some sixth secret villain we don't know anything about, just to make. I thought that too. Just to shoehorn it. I genuinely believe that Mysterio was gonna show up, not dead. Uh, because I still don't think that motherfucker is dead. There's no way he's dead. I, I've backpedaled, and I do think he's dead. So it's nice to have that house divided still. I don't I, I that motherfucker is so not dead. Uh, <laughs> you can't just have Jake Gyllenhaal in that one movie and then just let him sit there. He's got to come back. Uh, I guess we'll see. And especially with what happens at the end of this movie, uh, that, that has me even more excited for what the future is. But enough chit chat. It's time to talk about the actual plot of this goddamn movie. So, Alex, sure take is. us away. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Spider-Man No Way Home uh, opens just like every other Marvel movie where we've got our our flippy little Marvel and Sony logos. And uh, we open with the the ending of Far From Home, essentially, where we've got the post credit scene from Far From Home, where the newscaster on TV is cutting to the the J. Jonah Jameson breaking news expose of Spider-Man's supposed involvement in Mysterio's death, who J.J. loved. Uh, his alleged ordering of the drone strike, execute them all, and the final revelation of Peter Parker's secret identity as Spider-Man. Uh, Peter gives the hearty what the fuck cut off by a car horn that we heard at uh, the end of the post credits, taking us now freshly into the movie. Uh, onlookers are on the street are looking at him in awe, going, hey, what the fuck? That's Spider-Man. He killed Mysterio. What the shit? He's a kid. Are He's you Peter really, Parker. Yeah, yeah, are you really Peter Parker? Somebody tries to take off his mask. And he had, he had just dropped MJ off on the sidewalk, and now the swarming crowd is now, like, circling MJ, pestering her. Are you, oh, you're Spider-Man's girlfriend. Oh, ba 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 Uh... He goes back down to street level and dodges a bunch of, you know, questioning people and scoops MJ back up. This one bitch is like, oh, Spider-Man hit me. Spider-Man hit me. Oh, my God. Uh, He he begins swinging through the city. Uh, The score kicks in. Lots of great drums here. And uh, they're they're hotly and screamingly debating, like, where do we go? What the fuck do we do? Oh, my God. What's happening? Not, not just the score kicking in. It's fucking Izimbra by Talking Heads. Yes, it is. Uh, I I didn't catch that, that, like, the full soundtrack of what was in here until my second viewing, where I looked at the credits for it. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was so hyped at the beginning of this. I totally didn't even catch that was Talking Heads at the beginning. Yeah, it's fucking as soon as they, I, as soon as Izimbra kicks in, I'm like, this is going to be a good movie. And especially with I'm we're like at the complete opposite end from this, but I love the credits in this too. the end credits. We'll talk about it there. We'll talk about it. Uh, They settle down on a bridge uh, and Peter takes a a FaceTime call from Ned, who is also freaking the fuck out about uh, what's going on here with a lot. A lot of this was used in the trailers. The dude, dude stuff. Yep. Uh, I think they even released like the first minute of the movie at some point. So yeah, a lot that, of this that, is... that, 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 So before I going in, I knew that Ezembra was in the movie, and I'm like, yeah, good stuff. Um, 
They decide to go into the uh, underground subway tunnels, narrowly avoiding Flash Thompson, who uh, is in a state of, like, shocked, stunned silence uh, reading the news on his phone. Like, the gears... I love the expression on Tony Revolori's face, as you can, like, see the gears turning in his head of, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Like, oh, no. This is like a personal nightmare for him. <laughs> Flash, Which, Flash is not really in this movie all that much, but he's still yeah. really great. I love Tony Revolori. It's a great take on the character. I know a lot of people have like a weird like, oh, we should have got Agent Venom out of the, the Eugene of the amazing movies. And he's like a nothing character in Raimi. So it's nice to have this like you, you know. Eugene from the amazing movies, who was also a nothing character and has one good like half exactly. second long scene that they, people remember because it's the one good part of amazing one. Movie writers love to remember that Flash Thompson exists and is a bully, but like that's where the line ends there. He he pops up a lot in, in Peter Parker's personal life. Uh, he's a good foil for Peter to work off of. And even with him not saying a goddamn word here, like it sells it. I can't I can't wait for the next movie where uh, Flash goes to Vietnam. Jesus Christ, it's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> um, they're it, Peter and MJ are swinging underground now through the subway tunnels and uh, dodge a train and surface just a few blocks over with Peter webbing the manhole back into place. Right outside uh, Delmar is the uh, the bodega from Homecoming says, yeah, Delmar's three now, I think it says uh, they've. I love the idea of, you know, keep the bodega going. Uh, sorry that the bank robbers fucked it up with their space laser. Uh, Peter decides that the safest place is probably going to be his home. So that's where he decides to swing back with MJ entering through his bedroom window. Uh, at that same time, Happy and May are in the doorway, the front doorway, uh, in the process of like finalizing the breakup of their little fling. Uh, May seeming very like indifferent towards the whole thing, and you know the fun is over for her. Happy is down bad, to put it lightly. He's, happy is so he, happy is so down bad in this movie. He's stammering and, and yeah, 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 and rationalizing and it's, it, like it's crying. Just, it's it's very sad. Yeah, it's funny. This whole this whole opening sequence is awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say that a lot. <laughs> May and Happy hear commotion and scuffling and panicked. I don't know what to do. Ah, sounds coming from Peter's room. And uh, it, it, it's kind of touching upon that, like, you know, the the fake out gay panic scene when when Peter's in his underwear and Ned is there and May. Oh, well, maybe put some clothes on. It's kind of touching on that again, where Peter is freshly desuited and MJ is also there. And they're like, oh, no, we just walked in on the kids being intimate. Didn't see anything. Blah, blah, blah. Bisexual, bisexual King Peter Parker. <laughs> But, like, in the midst of that, May kind of goes, oh, wait, you're MJ. And they and decides to make her introduction to her nephew's girlfriend right then and there with him standing there in his boxer shorts. I thought it uh, funny that they had never met until that point. Right. Yeah. This Because this is like a week past the, the events of Far From Home. You would have thought at some point Peter would have had her here, but whatever. Uh, it, it, it makes for a funny scene. Peter notices that Happy's been crying uh, and he mentions the breakup. So Peter like swerves into attempting to make this the main subject of conversation at hand. Uh, the doorbell is ringing off the fucking hook. Uh, onlookers outside are hooting and hollering at the apartment, and Peter's just trying to segue the conversation to be entirely about the breakup while he like webs windows, blinds closed, and is just scrambling to prevent this from like being found out that what's happening outside. 
He even like like takes their phones at a point and gives a great little, oh, you're always on your fucking phones. Uh, but in all of this, in his haste, he neglects the TV, the, the biggest screen of news in the room. And MJ points out the multiple helicopters, uh, news choppers on TV directly outside the apartment. Uh, with that, J. Jonah Jameson gives a rundown of everything we know about Peter uh, with this great little pan out shot showing his like green screen rinky dink set. Yes. His insane person wall of post-its and Polaroids that you see from time to time in movies. Like he looks this. like he looks like Andrew Peter from Amazing Toot when he's trying to make the uh, uh, trying to make the trying to figure out what his dad's doing. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Only Sally trying to Field's figure out who gonna, Spider-Man is. Sally Field's going to walk in and go, what is this? What is that? You're my boy. Uh, we also just, we also get we also get some like news uh, magazine covers of stuff like yeah. the news of going on like uh you know Parker revealed and shit like that. But we yeah. also get a Time magazine cover of a little crying Spider Man baby that says Iron Man Junior. And I'm like, uh huh. These motherfuckers <laughs> know what it's about. They absolutely know. And I this love whole movie that. is about deconstructing all of the dumbass arguments that people have about these movies. And it's oh, wow. Right. When, when I talk about literally the final events of this movie, I'm going to have a lot more to say about like th- how people have interpreted these first two. So rest assured, dear viewer, we we have more to say about that. Oh, of course, I guess we have more we have more uh, discourse to to give you time in touch. Tons of magazines are covering this huge story. And we see uh, some more news footage of someone throwing green paint on Spider-Man and cheering like a Mysterio forever type thing. You, you hear yes. that a lot from the mobs of, of protesters. Mysterio forever. We believe Mysterio. That would be me. I would be that guy. Need <laughs> Mysterio fuck. signals every week. Fuck, fuck Spider-Man. I'm throwing green paint on that motherfucker. <laughs> this is coming from the guy who says he would beat up Peter Parker if he went to high school. That guy, that guy fucking killed. That guy killed Mysterio. Fuck him. <laughs> Uh, a mob, of course, is still protesting uh, outside Peter's house when federal agents and damage control arrive to place Peter Parker under arrest. Uh, May attempts to quote the Fourth Amendment, but they're all taken to the station. While there, Peter attempts to, like, call in Nick Fury, which is, like, the obvious thing to do. Hey, yeah, Nick Fury yeah, knows what the fuck is going on. Get Nick Fury in here. Yeah, he says the drones aren't his. Uh... Yeah, he, he says uh, he didn't kill anybody. The drones did. And like the drones that are yours. He's like, well, they're not really. Eh. Uh, and then obviously he tries to call up Nick Fury, but Nick Fury's off world because they don't know about the scrolls, mm-hmm. which just confuses the shit out of Peter. But he doesn't pursue that line of questioning anymore. Like, yeah, Peter oh, doesn't well. know about the scrolls either. <laughs> exactly. Um, passing by MJ and May implore Peter in unison not to say a word without a lawyer present. And we get a couple of little vignettes of uh, the the friends of Spider-Man, as Ned calls them, uh, being interviewed individually by the cops. Uh, This is also our confirmation uh, in this film that MJ's last name is indeed Watson. They have just referred to her. I think it's like a hyphenated thing, like Jones Watson. Yeah, they've only referred to her as Jones or Michelle Jones for all three of these, which has made a lot of people go, well, maybe there really is a Mary Jane somewhere out there in the MCU-verse because they're just that desperate to not have Spider-Man have a black love interest. Um, I don't know. With all that said, I I really love that they have confirmed, no, shut up, fuck you, this is MJ Watson. Shut up! Shut up, yeah, it's... Part part of it, I mean, obviously this is weird uh, headcanon stuff that I'm coming up with, but uh, they talk about when they're swinging away from uh, all the, the kerfuffle uh, that they're going to MJ's dad's house. So I guess they maybe have been divorced 
and yeah. maybe MJ wants to separate herself from her mom. So maybe who knows? She mentions specifically, like, I don't like uh, Watson. So, yeah. yeah, she's estranged from one of her parents. We'll see if that ever goes anywhere in a future movie. Who knows? Uh, she's very aware of her rights and gives the interviewing detective nothing. Whereas Ned is easily coaxed into defending his guy in a chair position and like falls for every single trick the cop throws at him. It's like, oh, so when MJ told you Peter was Spider-Man and Ned has to cut him off. No, actually, well, no, I aided and abetted the criminal Spider-Man through his entire career. This, this damage control guy is such like a smarmy asshole. I love he this, really this is. actor. He does a really good job for like the two seconds he's in the movie. He's the real villain. He is. He is. In in May's interview, she thoroughly insults the interviewer throughout uh, and is told to lawyer up due to how she could go down for child endangerment with the detective getting like weirdly personal about the situation. Yeah, he's like, a boy was entrusted to you. He's your boy. And this is this is one of this is this is gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn into that guy. This this movie almost made me turn into that guy, uh, who's like, Where's Uncle Ben? But th- this is the first time where I was like, Maybe they'll talk about Uncle Ben, but they don't. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, we'll we'll get to that when we talk about the Uncle Ben conversation later. But at this point, I straight up think Uncle Ben just got like hit by a truck or died of natural causes in his sleep or something. If there ever was an Uncle Ben, he went out for a pack of smokes and never came back. The only thing, the only thing, you know, the first time I saw this, I had a kind of a quibble about it, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but I, I then I remembered, oh hey. We're getting that animated prequel show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what the fuck is going on with that? We shall see. We shall see. It'll just be another window into a universe where people remember things. And I, anyway. mean, Uncle, and I mean, they talk about Uncle Ben in the that animated what if show that nobody saw. Yeah, yeah. And of course, we have the suitcase that Peter used in Far From Home. The suitcase, the there's, there's, there's so there's so much. So we don't really even know what the fuck is going on. He existed, maybe? I don't know. Who cares? We'll find out. Or not. We'll find uh, out. <laughs> Stark Industries is also uh, pending a federal investigation due to their technology's role in all this. Uh, missing Stark tech is quoted a few times. And at separate points, I thought they were referring to the dro- the drones and also the fabricator machine. I guess maybe it's both? I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think they're really talking about the drones. Yeah. Access to the drones. Because, right. Because Peter has Edith, but the drones are still like up in space. And uh, the I, I guess at the same time, Mysterio's team has access to that hologram technology because that's how they made the video that they used to frame Peter. Yeah, that's another thing I didn't think about until like literally halfway through my 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 other viewing of this was like, oh, shit, Team Mysterio is still really just out there, huh? Yeah, they're just hanging out. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. They're, they're, all of them just got away with all that shit, huh? Because Peter never met a single one of them or knew they existed. Obadiah, Obadiah Stane's guy is like just still hanging around doing shit. He's going to shoot Spider-Man's eye out one day. I remember how good Far From Home was. Yeah, I watched it like last week. It's super good. Uh, the, the news uses an old mulleted photo of happy when they show his like no comment statement, which they should have used. They should have used a photo from the old Ben Affleck daredevil movie. God, that's so funny. I literally only just remembered like when I was drafting my trivia for this, that he was foggy in the Affleck devil. Speaking of daredevil. Yeah. Speaking of uh, daredevil. This is one of the first moments where, like, I got gasps in the theater. Yes, this is this is this is the first pop off moment in the movie. Let me my, preface this by viewing. saying, aside from Spider Man, I'm also a Daredevil guy, but I'm also a fake fan who has not seen 
a minute of the three seasons of Daredevil TV. You're a son of a bitch. You're a son of a bitch. I am a son of a bitch. I literally said to my partner earlier this morning, hey, you want to watch Daredevil tonight? So I'm rectifying that real soon. But even even I, who knows nothing, knows that Charlie Cox plays Matt Murdock in our supposedly tied in MCU show from a few years ago. It's Matt Murdock, baby. Yes. Sweet little cane shot pans up. We've got Matt fucking Murdock sitting in Peter's apartment with Foggy. Foggy. With John Favreau. With Happy May and Peter. Uh, And he's elaborating on how he's pretty sure that the charges aren't going to stick. He's gotten them dropped. However... Uh, the court of public opinion still hates Peter Parker and everyone around him. And he's they're going to grapple with that negative publicity for quite a while. And, and you know, some people I've seen some people uh, be like, why, why didn't they? Uh, the, the, they're complaining that they resolved the whole framing thing pretty quickly. Uh, but that I, I think that's not really the point of the movie. Uh, I, I like to think of the the framing for London attack. That's more of a, a cherry on top of uh, yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a secondary thing to the actual focus of Mysterio's thing, which is revealing the identity. Right. They don't really have all the evidence they have is the doctored mixed up thing that, you know, Mysterio published and made public. They don't have enough to to pin the, the murder on Peter just completely ruin his life. Uh. Happy is recommended to lawyer up as well because the federal investigation is still ongoing with Stark Industries. But just then, a brick wrapped in a We Believe Mysterio note comes sailing through the window. And as Peter reaches up to catch it with his, you know, spider sense tingling, Matt Murdock snatches it out of the air to everybody's surprise. Like he catches it an inch from Peter's outstretched hand, like beating him by a second to it. Yeah. And when Peter asks how he did that, Matt simply states that he's a really good lawyer. He is. He's a really good lawyer. I am just so happy to have Daredevil, even if he's not doing like explicitly Daredevil shit. I guess catching a brick out of thin air from behind him while blind is explicitly Daredevil shit. But I don't know. It, it really does like scratch an itch in my brain to have finally had Spider-Man and Daredevil in a movie together, even if it was for five fucking seconds. It's... You know, obviously, I haven't talked like at all about this uh, about Daredevil because this is a Spider-Man show. Uh, but I, Dare, the Daredevil TV show is like one of my favorite shows ever. I love that show so much, and I'm so glad that they're bringing him back. And uh, t- I think today, also the day we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, the the Hawkeye finale came out, and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, Wilson Fisk is in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're br- they're bringing him back, baby. They're getting him in. Business is good. This is what's happening. We're back in business. The real big man. Exactly. The real big man. I literally watched uh, Spider-Verse last night. Uh, So I've I've got Fisk on the brain. Uh, May Aunt May states that they're going to definitely need a new place to make, you know, home base for a while with the prevailing window through the brick through window threats that now exist in their life. So Happy has the Parkers move into his spacious loft, a spiritual oasis, he calls it, where he has Donkey Kong Jr. available if anybody wants it. And Uh, and also the fun and also the robot arm from the first Iron Man. Yeah, Dummy, as he is known. He's still just hanging around. John Watts must really like Dummy as a bit because he was also in Homecoming during like the move from Avengers Tower to the upstate. He was. Yeah, I forgot. John Watts just really likes that fucking robot arm character. He's great. Uh, or maybe John Favreau just insisted because he's in all of these too. I don't know. 
Who knows? Uh, Who knows? Peter uncovers a, a fabricator in Happy's place, uh, which is essentially they they you know explain this and use it later. But it's like a a super three D printer that can make anything. But he just is like, huh, that's here. Sets it up for you know Chekhov's replicator. We don't even know uh, what it is. It's just a metal box with the Star yeah, logo on it. And he goes, he says like, oh, Happy when he sees it or something like because yeah, plus- because Peter is trying to wash out his uh, the paint that was thrown on his suit. Uh, and he's, he's trying to use the, the the piece of fabric that was draped over it as a rag to sort of clean mm-hmm. it off. From here, Peter uh, FaceTimes with MJ and they talk for a little while. There's a little like ironic. Oh, you're so happy and peppy. And that's why I like you. Uh, she makes reference to the Mets uh, winning this oh, year. Mets. Love the oh, Mets. I, you were literally the first person I thought of when they made that joke. I was like, oh, Mets. Life is going to be so thrilled. The Mets are not uh, even like near my favorite team. They're not even in the league that I oh, follow. Just, just for mimetic reasons. Love, love the Mets. Go Mets. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> this scene is great. I'm going to say this for like every time there's a scene with Peter and MJ. Uh, and also, uh, we're going to get in, more into this later. Uh, May is really great. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I've always talked about how I like when May is a more proactive character. And they kind of hinted at that in Far From Home because she's That's barely That's all she it. does in this movie. Uh, but she's super, super proactive. She's doing stuff. She's involved in the plot. May is really, really good in this movie. Uh, and obviously, Pete and MJ uh, continue their being goodness uh, from the last movie. And they're fucking fantastic here. They're the best uh, relationship ever written in a Spider-Man movie. It's not even a question. Yeah, no, without a fucking doubt. And it's really refreshing to like be on the same page moving from a movie to another movie worth where that is because even in like Raimi one to two to three mj desperately wants to be with peter at the end but he rejects her because he's on his you know sigma male spider-man shit uh and then in the second one she's still kind of all over him but you know there's the problems that exist in that movie being what it is so like it's great to have nothing change in between movies for once yeah, and it's and it's it, you know it's not the weird character assassination of Mary Jane in the, the the Raimi movies or the terrible unscripted flirting of the Amazing movies where it's just the, nobody knows how to end the fucking scene so they just kind of like ah they just kind of ramble on for no reason. Uh, yeah. Here, it's well written. I understand their chemistry. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, my my synopsis here that I'm reading from that I drafted. I I knew we were going to have a lot to say about this. So I split it into like this movie doesn't really operate on necessarily a three act structure. So I would say it does in the traditional sense. I I guess what I mean to say is I don't know where to place those cuts. So I just segmented this as like, okay, here's the first 45 minutes. Here's the middle 45. and Here's the last 45. And we're like not even halfway through this first 45. A lot fucking happens in this movie. I would I would say really that the three acts are broken up by uh, the, the the end of the first act is when you meet Dr. Octopus, the Dr. Octopus okay. scene. And that's about where end, I have it. Yeah. The end of the second act is when uh, <laughs> he uh, dies. Uh, <laughs> pretty, yeah, it's pretty clear. That's the end of the second act. And then the end of the third act is the end of the movie. Yeah, I, I I see it that way now, I suppose. Yeah, I was I was more so just like, here's all this fucking time. Oh, my God. Where do we lay this out at? But uh, yeah. the length works for this movie. Uh, I'll talk about this a bit more in the in the trivia later. This is the longest, not only longest Spider-Man movie, but the longest like movie that isn't an ensemble thing in the MCU outside of an Avengers yeah. movie or the Eternals or something. There's a lot happening in this movie. And at no point was I going, Jesus Christ, can this just end already? Jesus, just speed it up. 
and I and I will say there is a little bit of a pacing problem. Especially this kind of cropped up in my second viewing, uh, where because a lot of the marketing because the, a lot of the marketing material completely avoided anything that goes on in the third act because you know with good reason. Uh, you, they they kind of focus on all the stuff in this you know first third, and so you know you kind of seen it already. So it's like, eh, you just kind yeah. of wish more things would happen. Uh, but I think. The the thing that carries it through for me is I love the way all the characters are written. They're written so, so well. They're really and, true to form for where they come from and how they act and their motivations. And it's nothing is yes. like perversely out of place. No, not nothing. Nothing is so, you know, weird. It's like, why the fuck did they do that? Uh, but yeah, it's it's just really good. Uh, Peter is still FaceTiming MJ and they move on to talking about their MIT prospects. With MJ also uh, talking about, you know, asking if there's any potential relief Peter might be feeling about the identity reveal. We get more, you know, trailer lines of Peter talking about how his life has only felt normal in the one week since he told MJ. And now that, you know, all of the people surrounding him that he wants to know know, he just, you know, wishes he could have preserved that and, and lived on that level. Which would have been nice, but not if Parker Luck has anything to say about it. <laughs> nope. A, uh, a sleepy, happy rushes the call to end. Uh, there's great little bits about his snoring, and he's hooked up he's like got, a CPAP got, machine. Yeah, he's got like a fucking sleep apnea shit on him. Uh, and this is all on the eve of uh, Peter returning to high school the next day, uh, which is a spectacle event with news people all around and protesters. It's People are jeering and throwing shit and... You got creeps screaming like, oh, my God, are you going to have his spider babies? And that was and really funny. People that just want to murder him on the spot. Betty Brant is there doing her, you know, news light shtick with her like morning announcements. Uh, Spider-Man joke shit. Uh, Go get him. Tiger is referenced. This yep. this movie lives to reference other things. We're going to obviously there's I feel like there's gonna a lot of comparisons you could make to this movie with Endgame. Uh, mm -hmm. But. Uh, a, a lot of the fan service in Endgame, I feel like, uh, doesn't work. Yeah, I, I've I've talked about before. I, if you don't remember, I gave Endgame a, a three and a half stars because it's good, but it is very corny and schmaltzy. Uh, and like they have shit like the fucking uh A Force thing with all the, like the girl superheroes. They're all that girl is bosses. Literally the first thing I thought of. Yeah, that that's like the worst part of the whole movie. Uh. Where where the fan service seems a lot of just kind of jammed in there, mm -hmm. uh, and, but but here I feel like it's a lot more natural. And you know, if mother we'll, we'll get into this when we talk about the ratings and the rankings. Uh, but if motherfuckers can give Endgame five stars, what are you talking about with this movie? Yeah, yeah, precisely. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a hundred percent with you. That's exactly the example I was going to use in everything. Uh. Protesters are still yelling and hooting, uh, and MJ and Peter are made to enter the high school separately, uh, with Flash, you know, quickly behind them claiming he's Peter's best friend and plugging his, like, shitty fake memoir about his time as Peter Parker's best friend. Gotta have it. I meant to say in, uh, in past episodes, like, I, I recently listened to our Far From Home episode again, and it, imp it like, impressed upon me how much you enjoyed J.B. Smoove and, uh, and Martin Starr in that They're movie. so... They they have like I I literally wrote this down. I said uh, love to see the teachers underrated parts of Far From Home. Yeah, I I liked them a lot too on my more recent rewatch, and I was hoping this whole time. Oh, I really hope we get some good bits from them. They are in this movie for like fifteen twenty seconds. Uh, 
Slumlord Hannibal Burris is back as well. Uh, they they make a brief little like <laughs> Harrington and uh, Mister Smoove are very like ecstatic about Peter. They're little Peter being Spider Man, and they've set up a shrine. There's like a like a Minecraft skin Spider Man. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of like student made and teacher made shit like celebrating him. They're they're like eager fanboys who wanted to crawl on the ceiling and and swing through the halls, but Hannibal Burris is nah. Fuck you. I believe Mysterio. I hate you. Fuck <laughs> He's off. He's a murderer. And they call him a conspiracy theorist. Uh. Yeah, but yeah, that's it's super brief. We we see them and we just move on. We don't even think about them for the rest of the movie. But I am glad that uh, they're here because I really like Martin Starr. And it, by extension, I love J.B. Smoove's lines in the first movie. I, I think about his last one all the time about urinal or the stall. <laughs> no more photos in the bathroom. Urinal or stall. It's it's just uh, I wish I had gotten I'm, more here, but I'm happy with what we got because there's a lot. Him, talk, him talking about the fucking witches and far from home. Yeah, as a man as a man of science, witches. It's it's lovely. Welcome to and the I'm, new dark ages. I'm glad he got paid like two thousand dollars or something to come back yeah, and film in Atlanta for a week. Secure the bag. <laughs> uh, we get a little moment where Peter is just trying to walk down the hall and. Dozens of students are surrounding him, taking hundreds of phone pictures and videos. It's it's just supremely uncomfortable. Oh, do we do we even talk about how Flash is blonde now? Oh, we haven't. No, Flash has grown his hair out, and he's he he's died. dyed it like like peroxide blonde. Incredible. He's he's super cool. Uh, at at some point throughout the day, uh, MJ and Peter head to the roof to catch up with each other and read tabloids. And before they can kiss, Ned introduces himself into the fray, and they talk about uh, living together in Boston and deciding to match up their backup schools in case MIT rejects them. Uh, Peter is sure he'll find crime to fight in Boston, so that's not so big a deal to him. But MJ kind of is really not so sure about everything, with everything that's happened. And she espouses her little belief about how if you expect to be disappointed when the disappointing thing actually happens, it's not as bad. But, of course, Peter's like, no, I'm, I'm happy old Peter Parker. That's not going to happen. Don't worry That's about me. it. So, throughout this whole movie, Peter gets his his shit kicked in. But yeah. he, still, he still tries to to keep like a, a, a happy front. Uh, and I feel like that's that's the most Peter Parker thing of all, really. He's, uh, he's trying. God help him. Th- this this whole movie, uh, yeah, I'm going to say this a lot. This whole movie is basically just like proving that you can't. Tom Holland is unbeatable. He is the guy. Like mm-hmm. he just is that guy. And especially when uh, Toby and Andrew show up later, uh, he just is the guy. Tom, Tom Holland just is Spider-Man. It's fucking insane. He really he's so good at this. Feel like Spider-Man. I know. You know, it makes me feel like Batman. Uh, makes me feel like a Jedi. Uh, he's just, he just is that guy. It's insane how good he is in this role. I very much agree. Uh, however, in sequence, all of Peter's backup schools reject him, his other two choices. And he meets with Ned and MJ at the bakery that MJ works at. To I like that little all... donut shop that they work at. Yeah, I, I have some trivia about that donut shop later. It's Ooh, actually, exciting. It's actually a, a real business, but we'll touch on that later. Uh, Ned and MJ uh, and Peter are all there to open their MIT acceptance slash rejection letters in sequence, and all three of them have been rejected. Specifically, 
Uh, I know Ned mentions this specifically, but I imagine it's probably the case for MJ too. The letter specifically states that due to recent controversy, uh, they cannot consider them at this time. Essentially saying, oh, you guys know Spider-Man? Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. MJ, of course, echoes her previous sentiment about disappointment. When Blondie Flash Thompson bursts in, Beastie Boys reference in hand to make a spectacle about having gotten in. Uh, and when everyone's like, Flash, fuck off, we hate you so much. He leaves for a mixer with other future MIT attendees. Like, he, he only exists to, 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 to show up and have little moments like he had there. Uh, but it's good stuff. It is. Uh, little tiny lights in the shape of Halloween wizard Draculas inspire Peter to uh, consider visiting the Sanctum Santorum to ask for the help of Dr. Stephen Strange. Uh, which we all know from the trailers because it's 2021 and that's a thing that exists. It's you know you know what time it is. It's time for one more day. Yeah, it, it is. It's one more day time. He's, he's going right to right, him. We skipped right through Back in Black and we're going right to the the magical deal stuff. We might circle back to Back in Black. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he finds the entrance to the Sanctum Sanatorium completely like covered in snow. Uh, due to a botched seal on a portal to Siberia, uh, revealed Which to us in by the, in the first Doctor Strange movie, mm-hmm. I had to remember that. I'm like, oh yeah, that is in the first Doctor Strange movie. Uh, we are told that Wong is the current and new Sorcerer Supreme, due to Doctor Strange's five year absence due to the blip, or the in universe term for what happened uh, in the five years that Thanos snapped everybody away. Of course, they just needed a new, you know. Uh, yeah, Sorcerer Supreme. So Wong got in on a technicality, we're told. Uh, I think that's really funny. I, I, I'm one of the like five people that actually kind of likes the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, it's just fun. I love seeing him and especially the, the second post credit scene uh, where it's uh, just a trailer for Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Our, our boy Sam is coming back. He's bringing Danny he with him. He's bringing the boys. The boys are getting back together. In my head, like anytime anyone's like, blah, 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 new Doctor Strange, I don't hear a new Doctor Strange movie. I hear a new Sam Raimi movie. Uh, <laughs> I I cannot be any more excited for this than I already am. And I, I'm not the world's biggest Doctor Strange guy. Uh, no. I have a good buddy named Matt who is like the resident Doctor Strange-aholic. And even he is like, oh, fuck, Sam Raimi, Doctor Strange. I this Everyone has expectations already about how fucked up and scary this is going to be. I don't want it to be fucked up and scary. I want it to be... I want it to be gross and I want it to be like mind bending and I want to see Sam Raimi like he's he's long past his like, let's put Bruce Campbell out in the forest and slather him in black goo for three hours like method of filmmaking. I'm I'm excited to see what the man can do with a budget and and a writing like just a team around him instead of his like three stooges in hell stuff that he always makes. (sighs) It's going to be fun. Uh, Strange greets Peter with our trailer. Don't call me sir stuff. Uh, you know, pretty boilerplate. Most of us have seen it already, but there's just fun little catch up stuff reference yeah. to how they work together in Endgame and et cetera. Infinity. Oh, War. I, I do have one note. This is my really one real criticism about this movie. Uh, some of the green screen and the CGI stuff in this movie does not look great. I uh, guess I, I don't have so many nitpicks with that. 
but did you have a specific uh, thing there's in mind? When there's you say a that? couple of moments in particular. Uh, three exactly. There's this scene where they're talking in the Sanctum Sanctorum, and there's a weird like blur around Benedict Cumberbatch when he's talking, and it's like you're clearly not on a real set. Uh, there's also uh the scene where Andrew Garfield jumps through the portal and he looks like a little rubber action figure man uh, when he first shows up in the movie. Uh, and the last one is when they are at the graveyard. Uh, it's Peter and Happy. And you also you can also tell that sort of weird blur effect around them where it's like, you're not on a real set. Just like fucking use real sets, goddammit. Uh, that, that's really the only problem. Oh, there's also one more where uh, Peter is standing in front of that big jumbotron with uh, J. Jonah Jameson in it later, like, like after the end of the second act, uh-huh. uh, where he's standing in front of it and it looks like terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, just some of the bad, bad CGI. Just use real sets and shit, dude. Come on. Let's be real. Maybe they'll clean it up for the Blu-ray release or something. Probably not, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, that, that's my only real complaint about this movie is that some of the CGI doesn't look great. Uh, Peter takes his opportunity to make and plead his case regarding his and his family's ruined lives to Doctor Strange, uh, initially suggesting that they go back in time <laughs> to fix this. And Doctor Strange is like, yeah, that's not exactly something we should fuck with, Peter. But he does exact uh, he does suggest a spell that would make people forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Uh, Wong is a little fishy on the whole thing. He he doesn't think it's a, a spell that should be used this, you know, this lightly for this kind of non-emergency to the Sanctum. Uh, but Doctor Strange is kind of like, come on, he's a, he's a kid and he, he, helped, he helped us out. He's, you know, we gotta fix this. So Wong kind of just pieces out and begrudgingly looks the other way on the whole thing. Which is a great little, like, misdirection from the trailer where we have Wong saying explicitly, don't cast that spell. I, I like that. Uh, yeah, he, now he's just like, ah, not my fucking problem. I'm out of here. <laughs> Strange uh, takes Peter down to his ancient spell casting basement sanctuary uh, to case a, a little rune spell thing out. Uh, he, he's got like potions he's pouring and stones he's assembling and uh, does everything but give Peter a tarot card reading. Uh, lights some patchouli up, put on some blue oyster cult. Uh, he he wants to make the world forget that Peter is Spider-Man. And as he begins casting his his magic deus ex machina spell, Peter kind of balks at the everyone phrasing of it. So in sequence, he attempts to interrupt the spell to make it so MJ, Ned, May, and Happy can be, uh, you know, exceptions to this rule and remember that he's Spider-Man. Which causes the entire thing to get thrown off balance and fucked yeah, up. Yeah, he, he he eventually ends up saying that he just wishes that everyone who already knew that he was Spider-Man uh, knew, which yeah. ends up being a mistake. Uh, you know, it's pretty, it's, pretty it's dire Pe- one. It's Peter's greatest weakness that he fucking talks too much. Mm-hmm. He he really should have taken like fifteen seconds to think about this and and you know nail it down a little better. He should absolutely be aware of the monkey's paw. Is what I mean to say. Absolutely. Uh, but not having been that gifted with foresight, uh, the spell is thrown off and a catastrophic like light and sound goes off. The tampering has proven too much and the interruptions have corrupted the spell. Strange manages to contain it with a lot of struggle and 
in his like huff and haste he, or you know he, he gets it all contained and he's pissed off at peter and tells him that the problem isn't mysterio but the problem is peter parker trying to live two different lives uh he says you know this is all we could do i'm sorry you probably already called the university to to plead your case which is like the logical thing to do and peter says uh no i didn't do that which only no he could do that only further pisses Doctor Strange off that Peter didn't think to make a phone call to plead his case before brainwashing the entire planet. So he kicks Peter out. Get the, uh, get the fuck out of here. Peter immediately calls Flash Thompson uh, and promises to tell the world that he's Flash's best friend if Flash can get the chancellor of the school to hear Peter out, who just left the mixer. Uh, Spidey tracks her to a bridge and de-iron spiders to reveal he's wearing a nice little, like, Toby and Spider-Man 3 style blue shirt suit. Very classic He's wearing, he's wearing a blue shirt and a nice little little cardigan over the top. Looks very nice. Little snappy little fellow. Little boy. Just so he can get in the middle of traffic and try his damnedest to convince, uh, this woman over his own tied tongue that Ned and MJ deserve a shot at MIT, even if he can't attend himself. Uh, he's pleading his case. It is not going well at all. When his spider sense tingles, and with a great reprise of Elfman's Doc Ock theme, Alfred Molina bursts onto the scene in his grand entrance. He's uh, back, baby. Looking for his machine. And What did you do with my machine? My orb. Uh, he, he was like, dude, we can, you, we call, you stop trying to attack me with tentacles, and we can, yeah. I can help you find your machine. And he's like, yeah, is who, this a fucking joke? Because Molina clearly recognizes a Spider-Man before him, a, a, a Peter Parker, who we know is a Spider-Man before him, but uh, isn't really aware of what's going on at all. Yeah, he just he just immediately assumes that the Peter in front of him is his Peter. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's in a like fancy new suit. Yeah, he's got his fancy new suit and his, his little t his, uh, iron spider arms come out and he's like, we got company now. That's <laughs> a fun little bit. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it's. Yeah, this is a really fucking great scene. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say this all the time. I'm gonna, it's, it's like when we reviewed Spider-Verse, and I'm like, this is a great scene. This is a great scene. This is a good line. This is a great scene. Uh, yeah, this is an awesome fight. Uh, I love, eventually later on, when Peter uses his nanotechnology to take over Dr. Octopus's tentacles and move him around mm -hmm, and help mm -hmm. the lady. That's really good. And Peter saves that family in the car. Oh, it's so good. It's such a good scene. It really is. It, it's Spider-Man shit, so to speak. Yes. Uh, Otto begins hurling cars at Peter, who webs them in place for safety and rescues the occupants as Ock approaches closer. Uh, he makes he throws Peter into a UPS truck and then makes reference to how he should have killed Peter's little girlfriend when he had the chance, which makes Peter go, OK, what the fuck are you talking about? What is going on? Which is when he unveils the, the iron spider arms to climb out. The MIT lady's car is about to careen off of the bridge as Doc Ock has captured Peter and is attempting to, like, push him into helicopter rotors, which is super fucking brutal, and I love it. Uh, but Peter shakes him off and manages to suspend the car before it can be smashed by a train, because we all know how much Peter likes trains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially after the last movie. Uh, Octavius rips Peter's nanotechnology from his, like, chest and attempts to stab him. And when yeah, he... The, the nanotechnology sort of absorbs into his tentacles, and he's like, hmm, this is pretty cool, Peter, but that's not going to save you. 
what I like is that, like, when he goes to stab the exposed part and, you know, it, it obviously seals up before it can, like, fake us out. The particles that were making up his mask move down to to cover the hole, uh, unveiling his face. And Otto is like, hold up. What the fuck? You're not Peter Parker. What is going on? Uh, <laughs> You're not Peter Parker. You're much younger and twinkier. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> You're English. What the fuck? I was fighting an American Spider-Man. What is this bullshit? As you mentioned, the nanoparticles alert Peter that they are paired to a new device, like their fucking Bluetooth or something. (laughs) And uh, they allow Peter to control Otto's arms in a great little bit where he essentially uses Otto like a crane game to rescue the MIT woman and put her car to the side. He is completely stunned and calls Peter a hero multiple times over and says that Peter's like, well, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, just (laughs) I don't know about here. I'm just not a murderer. Uh, he's, he, he's told that MIT is going to hear not only about this heroic action, uh, in regards to Ned and MJ, but about himself as well. And, uh, Peter tells Otto as the woman leaves that, uh, until Otto stops trying to kill him, Peter is going to be in control. But suddenly, uh, we get another little rumble of spider sense and a pumpkin bomb falls from the sky to the bridge causing explosions. Leading into the appearance of the green motherfucking goblin. With the a, motherfucking with a, green goblin. He's riding back, his baby. Riding his glider and cackling like a madman and throwing bombs. He doesn't know where the fuck he is. He just wants to blow shit up. It's UNIDA, whatever. God, God bless you, Norman Osborn. Uh, Otto recognizes him and like verbally confirms that he recognizes him. But uh, Peter and Otto are suddenly Dr. Stranged uh, back to the Sanctum Santorum with Otto being placed in a holding cell uh, alongside the lizard, Kurt Connors of the Amazing Spider-Man uh, universe, Racy Fawn's iconic character. Who is, who is slightly redesigned. All the villains are slightly redesigned. Yeah, uh, a little more bit. than others. Uh, he doesn't have a full-on man face. He does have a combo lizard man face, which looks a lot better. Uh, though him, <laughs> like, t- there, there's a shot of him talking that looks Another one of those iffy CGI moments yeah. that I thought didn't look great. Well, that's another thing. Uh, I was going to touch upon it a bit in trivia, but it would also serve to mention it now. Reese Fons and Thomas Hayden Church uh, did not record absolutely any new footage for this movie. Uh, their characters are both entirely CGI because neither of them could be on the set due to COVID concerns. Yeah. Uh, they did provide new voiceovers for their CGI characters, so they are in the movie. It's them. It's their voice. Part of me thought, uh, and especially in those ending scenes where they end up being cured, I'm like, this looks like stock footage. And it like, is. This... It 100% is. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, and at first I was like, that seems really lazy, like they just didn't want to come on set or whatever, like a, one of those Nicki Minaj music videos where she's not actually in the video. Like she's yeah. a guest rapper, but she's just like on a screen or whatever. Uh, but because it was COVID, you know, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah, it, it's not the most ideal thing, but it's it's the best we could get from what we have. Uh, and it just gives me a fun little headcanon that every single time Flint Margaret gets cured, he has to make that stupid fucking face. He does. It, it always has to happen. Uh, Strange explains to Peter that the spell summoned people from other parts of the multiverse, which is real, by the way, not just a thing Mysterio made up, uh, who know Spider-Man's identity as Peter Parker. And they are being drawn to this universe. Which uh, is not str- good. 
Not at all, no. Especially when you've got Storm and Norman Osborn on the prowl. Oh, no. Uh, Strange detected another presence in the sewers and captured the lizard himself. And Otto scoffs at the idea of magic. Uh, There's a lot of good, like, science versus magic in this movie, and I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, Otto Uh, Otto is also slightly redesigned. Uh, Looks sauce boss. He's also DH'd, which, you know, I just shit on the CGI in this movie, but... Otto and uh, Willem, who Willem is also de-aged, uh, they look great. Yeah, they, look they did a really good job. In, in only five short years, we are so far past uh, Rogue One Princess Leia in terms of what we're able to do with faces now. Well, uh, that, that that that's because they had. It's even it's even worse with Rogue One because you know they're trying to remap a dead person's face. Yeah. Uh, this is like, you know, they have an actual person. They just got to smooth out some wrinkles. Uh, but it's, it's so weird that we have such kind of funky, weird CGI in this movie. Uh, and then, you know, in the same movie, we've got a perfect, immaculate looking de-aged Alfred Molina. That's why it got delayed twice is because they had to keep smoothing out Willem wrinkles. I don't say so that many disparagingly. This is a pro Willem Dafoe podcast and you should oh, know that by now. Of course, <laughs> there's, there's, the, the fucking uh, guys in the render farm are smoothing them out like, God, there's so many of them. And it's like, what what, what do you think we should do about uh, the animation of Andrew Garfield jumping through that portal? Yeah, uh, make fuck it look like a cares? rubber action Who figure. Who cares? Who cares? I don't care. We got to smooth out these wrinkles. Throw an action figure at the screen. I've got six more Willem wrinkles to do in the next hour. <laughs> Peter says that uh, there was a flying green elf on the bridge. Yeah, and a flying green elf and strange orders Parker to capture the remaining uh, temporal threats, enchanting Peter's web shooter gauntlets to shoot teleport beams that will Dr. Strange people back to this rudimentary jail. Yeah, and he, he, t- he takes one of the little gauntlet things from the iron spider suit and basically enchants it. It's like now you got magic webs. Yeah, blast them and send them back here. Uh, but Peter insists that he's going to need the help of Ned and MJ to help do this because they operate as a unit, as a team. Uh, his friends arrive at the Sanctum, and Peter and Strange explain what happened, what went wrong, and we get everyone's favorite line of Doctor Strange telling them to get out there and Scooby-Doo this shit. You either love that line or hate that line. I, I, It is what it is. I think it's just them making another dig at Warner Brothers like they like to do. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a stupid line, but uh, I I I'd like to, I'd like to reimagine it as Doctor Strange trying to be hip and cool with these young kids. What's hip and cool? Scooby Doo. Yeah, they like Scooby Doo. There's like <laughs> 80 million reboots of that. Peter, everyone from the multiverse who knows that you, all the different Scooby Doo universes are encroaching this one. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, they are. They're given the undercroft. Uh, that that basement area to use as their base of operations. Uh, MJ implores Peter to just clue her in on shit next time before he does <laughs> stuff like this. Like again, kind of echoing what Doctor Strange said about, "Hey, maybe make the phone call before you brainwash the planet." MJ's like, you know, this involved me and like is about me, so I don't know. Maybe talk to me about it for two seconds next time. Which Peter is, yeah, absolutely, I will. And when he asks Ned about this, Ned's like, oh, no, you're fine, man. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Ned's like, fuck yeah, dude. Dude's it's rock. Great, it's, it's Spider-Man stuff. I know the stakes. Whatever. Dude, dude's rock. 
uh, the gang learns Otto's real name and laughs, which apparently rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Like, you know, you get a lot of dickhead idiots in the Spider-Man fan base. Uh, us not included because we have good opinions and we're right all the yes, time. Of course. But I, I saw a lot of people miffed at them going, how dare they make fun of Dr. Octopus's name? And it's like, dude, have you ever read a Spider-Man comic book? He makes fun of their names to their face. Yeah, like, this, is, this isn't some sacred reverent material we're talking about. It's a man named Dr. Octopus. And you're going to yeah, laugh. It's, a, it's, a, it's name. a name that middle aged Stan Lee came up when he was bored out of his mind trying to figure out what what, what would work, because, you know, we made all their names alliterative so he could remember them. That's true. Sam Raimi made fun of it himself and Spider-Man, too. The guy with a real, be real. Yeah, come on. Fuck off. Peter, <laughs> Peter tries scrubbing the uh, green paint that we saw on the suit uh, and it's not coming off flips it around and sees that the black and gold inside looks pretty fucking cool. Uh, and May tells him later to come by a canned food drive for the little feast program that she runs. Uh, while all of this is happening, the gang, you know, gets hard at work working on finding where these people are. They're looking up like Green Elf or Green Goblin on TikTok and finding like yeah. makeup tutorials. And there's this fucking amazing sitar cover of the the Giacchino Spider-Man theme that plays. Yes, I I, uh, I I love it so much. It's so good. And you know when people when they were like showing off uh, when action figures were coming out about this and the black and gold suit, people were like, "Oh, another new suit!" And it's like. Don't you remember from Homecoming when they open up the suit and hack it? It's black and gold on the inside. Yeah, it's just the suit I, turned inside out. I, I I did my best to point that out to people, too. And people still were just like, no, there's too many fucking suits. It's literally the same suit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally it's, the same suit. Because I, I had seen set photos of the scene where Peter gets paint thrown on him. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, he gets paint thrown on his suit and he has to turn uh -huh. it inside out. So it's black and gold. By it's that just same the logic. scene. By that logic, these same people should be mad when Toby gets his face blasted apart at the end of the first Sam Raimi, and I was a battle damage suit. Oh, come on, a second suit? What the fuck? This one's different. It's the same don't suit. No, don't make no sense. Just, just relax. But, but uh, we, we've got something more important to deal with. We've got uh, our good friend Electro. Yeah, you know, his, his power can't be contained. His power can't be contained, not in this universe or any other universes. Right before we get to Electro... Uh, on their way out of the Sanctum discussing what to do about Norman, Otto Octavius tells them it's impossible for Norman Osborn to be here because he's dead in his Ooh. What's out there must either be someone else or a ghost. <laughs> a ghost goblin. Trailer don't line. Get, don't get any ideas, Amy Pascal, from the phrase ghost goblin, please. Don't do it. Uh, so yeah, Peter swings out to find the bad guys with uh, his phone like webbed to his chest with MJ and Ned tagging along via FaceTime. Uh, and he he's out, you know, looking for he, he's heard about some disturbances out near these like power tower things. It's like a it's what it's like a electrical station. I don't know what, what to call it. A generating, I don't know. It's a big yeah. electrical facility out in the woods of New York. Yeah. Uh, some sand shifts around him, which he doesn't see, but hears or senses. And behind his back, Electro begins reforming from his defeat in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Originally, and not only that, they play his fucking dubstep music. Yeah, they do. They, they sure do. They remind just, us, hey. That just follows him from universe to universe. It's he's got like one of those Bluetooth speakers, like carabiner to his uh to his like belt loop. He's just playing it. You you guys like the Smiths? 
Yeah, and he's 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 blue. He hasn't been fully he reformed yet. He's still blue. And he's reforming with yellow power clinging on to him. Uh, he does make a reference later to the power in this universe being different, which is enough for me. That's just fine. Sure. Anything to make him not blue. <laughs> they they will get to this later, but they do do a lot of like ragging on like when some characters meet, they're like, you look different last time I saw you. You had this shitty, terrible character design, and now you're handsome and cool and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, basically, yeah, they, basically this whole movie shits on the amazing movies and it's like yes yes there's, there's a great moment where where they don't shit on it and praise andrew garfield but we'll get there because i love that we will get so there much. uh peter attempts to web teleport uh this reforming electro away with his magic gauntlet but the web just glides right through him and sends a tree to the holding cell <laughs> MJ and Ned uh, guide Peter away with directions like, you know, from his first person perspective on his chest. But he is blasted with an electro bolt and hits the ground. And Electro has another one charged up and is about to, like, move it in on Peter when Flint Marco appears and forms around Spider-Man as a sand wall. And says, Peter, it's me, Flint Marco. Remember? And remember, like, it's me. I love that. Remember, as if like Peter, his Peter didn't like murder him in the sewers and go good riddance. It's like, how how the fuck do you think he would ever forget you, Flint Marco? Like, what what are you talking about? But all he's confused, it. man. And also, you know, part of me thinks that he thought that that was his Peter, not because yeah, of course he thought that, that was his suit. Peter. Yeah, entirely because he's wearing the black and gold suit. <laughs> I see like, oh, gold, gold on your suit now, Peter. That's really cool. Anyway, what is happening? What the fuck is going on? There's a big lightning man. Peter immediately says, uh, I'm not your Peter, but this only confuses Flint. So what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Peter promises to explain soon, uh, but asks for help in defeating Electro, which Flint agrees to and uh, acts as a distraction so Peter can pull the plug to shut him down. Uh, this works, and Peter manages to connect to all of the little Transformers and tug them out with his webs. And Electro just kind of sizzles back down to Earth as a naked, jacked humanoid uh, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sandman and Peter do a little fist bump, and a naked Electro notes that he has his body back and is told that he's in a different universe, which is where he notes that, yeah, the energy here is different. Uh, he's given like some linemen's like high visibility clothes. Yeah, he's and, like, y'all, I'm just gonna forget that I'm just standing here butt ass naked. And Flint's like, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely gonna pretend that that's not happening. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Electro is teleported back to the sanctum. It's kind of off screen, like they're talking, and then we cut back to the sanctum, and we see Flint, or rather, Electro get teleported in, which is where we cut back to Spider Man, and Flint's like, whoa, what did you do? Did you just kill him? What the fuck? I'm going to murder you now because I don't know you or trust you, uh, which is when Peter also teleports Flint back. So now they're, they're we're looking at four of the five villains of the movie captured before the middle. So uh, it's that yeah, easy. You, you'd think we're making good time. Electro recognizes Dr. Connors from his universe and Oscorp and notes the, the silly plot of the first one where he's like, oh, he wanted to turn everybody into lizards. <laughs> it's, it's great. That was really... pretty stupid. Uh, and, 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 then, course, and then he's and, and then he is uh, that's when the lizard is like, you know, you had a makeover. You used to uh, you have bad teeth you, and a comb over. Yeah, yeah, you had bad teeth and a comb over. Like, what what happened here? And he's, and he's like, Marco's, I could give you a and then the lizard's like, I could give you a makeover. And Electro's like, 
is it gonna be into a lizard? He's like, yes. <laughs> and then Marco just tells them all to shut up. Uh, and all of these newcomers are informed that they are, in fact, in a wizard's dungeon. They and are in a wizard's dungeon. I- I've said this a million times about how, like, there's a problem with, like, haha, Joss Whedon MCU funny. The phrase, you're in a wizard's dungeon, that is Spider-Man. That- that's a Spider-Man phrase that he would say, or a friend of his would say. I don't count that yeah. as, like, quippy, like, haha, how irreverent is it that we're in a wizard's dungeon, guys? That's just, that- that's the kind of stakes we expect here. It's not like... <laughs> It's not and I like mean, a, and I mean, it's true. They're in the dungeon of a wizard. It's not like an elbow to the ribs, like, huh, huh? How funny is this that we're in this situation, huh, Cap? You know, it's like, okay, fuck off. It's a, Here it's it a thin, is. It's a, it thin tight, it's a thin tightrope to walk, but they do it really well. Yep. Peter calls MJ, saying that he's going to stay behind and fix the electrical mess he called uh, he caused to try and like save some face, since he just maybe caused a bunch of power to go out and has no idea where that leads to. And he takes a moment to, like, thank her profusely for her efforts and everything for helping him. Uh, which is where we cut to the next day in an alleyway in New York. Norman Osborn has regained control of himself from his split Green Goblin personality in an alleyway. And oh, is yeah. having a little, like, conversation with himself with the, the Goblin helmet perched on the edge of a dumpster. Which is, again, not great looking CGI. <laughs> not really, but it, we'll take it. And he smashes uh, the mask and it looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, Norman, timid, meek Norman is like hiding his glider under some rags and refuse. And he smashes the helmet after a little solo diatribe against his evil self. And he just runs off still Green Goblin from the neck down, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, he runs and he runs off and then presumably like finds some clothes, which we see him in later. Yeah, it's some very specifically purple and green clothes because he's he got looks to fucking, his... He looks drippy as hell in that he's, outfit. He's got like a green. He's got like a, a big, thick green <laughs> uh, checkered coat on. And I'm then something of a hype like beast myself. He, he is. Uh, he's got like a purple like sweatsuit, like a sweater and some sweatpants. And he's like, he looks fucking drippy as hell. He's got the fucking sauce. That's the Supreme Fall Winter 2021 Norman Osborn collection. Dude, he looks awesome. It's a great outfit that he's wearing. Uh, May calls Peter on the phone to inform him that the final villain, Norman, has arrived at the feast building. Peter freaks the fuck out over this, as he should, and rushes and bursts over to save her, presumably from the Green Goblin but finds timid and meek Norman Osborn wearing his little outfit. And he's so uh, confused, very confused, very sad. This is like legitimately the under Norman here. This isn't like the broomer Norman. This is this yeah. is the guy under it all who is like, what the fuck? Oh, God. Oh, no. What the hell? And not uh, only that, they're in uh, they're in feast. Uh, yeah, the yeah. the thing from uh, the comics and also mostly that I know from the uh, PS4 Spider-Man game. I like that the May name. also May also works at that in in the game. I figure that's where most people know it from. So like, yeah, just tie it together. It's fine. It's fun. I like to see uh, it. Norman laments that in this world he knows nothing. Uh, Oscorp doesn't exist, which is a great little world building line here. It's 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 just a couple words, but it's huge world building because people keep wondering in the Spider-Man universe, even past Uncle Ben, where's Oscorp? Where's Norman Osborn in this world? Where's Harry Osborn? So I guess I take that to mean like there absolutely could be a Norman and a Harry in this timeline. It's just, just different. Haven't found an Oscorp yet. It, yeah, exactly. A lot of people took that as confirmation that there is no Norman in this in this universe. No, there's just no Oscorp. I don't. He, I don't know. 
I, I trying trying to read super deep into this is yeah detracting from the thing we're supposed to be focusing on which is norman's concern over the fact that he doesn't know where his son is he doesn't know where he is yeah and he trails off he goes oscorp doesn't exist my son which is all the james franco we need in this movie thank you all all, all the one that we need and also you know well obviously it's it's it goes without saying willem dafoe good actor very good in this scene absolutely He, he he transcends being in a comic book movie it reminds me almost of like almost like a like an alzheimer's patient like he just doesn't know where he is or where his family is he's so he's really confused as to what the fuck is going on he he talks about how like someone else occupies him and he can never remember it after the fact uh it it is very very sad it's it's humanizing after so much time we've seen him you know wagging his tongue and going bah it, it it's it nor it, it normalizes Norman. Yeah, it, re- it rehumanizes Norman, which it is, normanizes which is good. him. It it norman it normanizes him, and then it goblinizes him. <laughs> uh, he came to the feast building because he saw Spider Man and ads for this place, but he doesn't recognize this Spider Man. Uh, yeah, he's like, you're not him. <laughs> Peter tells May that the best thing to do for these weirdos is to send them home and let their respective you know worlds handle them how they will which you know is a reasonable statement it is but may parker here is you know the the driven person that she is and implores peter to rehabilitate these villains and questions whether peter's attempt to send them home is what's best for them or what's best for peter trying to take the easy way out great again a great may speech i've talked before about how may is supposed to be peter's conscience and we haven't seen this in a spider-man movie since uh rosemary harris probably there's rosemary harris it's it's really good this is what it's all about baby it's i do think it's may it's may being peter's conscience and being like is this really being his guide through all this i do think at the end of the day i prefer rosemary harris on the whole as aunt may just because she brings a little bit more of that oh peter kind of thing that like fair enough is more on the whole in the comics about but with that said Marissa Tomei's performance is very refreshing, and I think it gets the idea of the character right more than the like the operation of the character, if that makes sense. Yes, it gets it gets like like we talked about uh, in the last episode when we were talking about Homecoming for some reason. Uh, <laughs> we're always talking about one of these movies, no matter what. Well, the we're always talking is. about one of these Tom Holland Spider movies because they're just so good. Uh, it it gets that pearl of the character right. It may it may change the outside appearance and how some of the the more minute stuff works, but that that main central pearl of the character it's just it's 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 just right. It sure is. Uh, from here we get more more J Jonah Jameson, more Daily Bugle. Jameson trying to shill his uh his supplements <laughs> like Daily <laughs> like uh, fucking Alex Jones. He he's got like a big time super professional set now that he's like made yeah. his name with the Spider-Man revelation thing. And he fully transitions into Alex Jones mode, shilling supplements. And uh, it, it's like people have always had that like love of that kind of idea for the character. I think it, you know, stemmed from the PS4 game, I think, where, where that yeah, there, version there, there of was Jameson a, there was a vague. In the PS4 game, it's Jameson retires from newspaper work. Like he, he gives the I think he gives the. Uh, editor-in-chief seat to somebody else and then he's like i'm gonna go into my own thing i'm gonna do radio where i I don't have to be stifled by you know corporate stuff so he just spends it talking about fucking whatever he wants 
He's he's very Alex Jones in that performance, and I think that informed this. It, it was just the easiest, like low hanging fruit to make fun of. It's so uh, it's so good. I say that with zero respect for Alex Jones. Uh, he's a besmircher of the name, and he does not deserve to be an Alex. No, uh, no. <laughs> Alex, you are banned. Alex Jones, you are you. banned from this podcast. <laughs> you join the list. Fuck you. <laughs> Um, a lackey of his calls with uh, Spider-Man's location, saying that he spotted him at the feast building with May and someone else, Some not recognizing guy. Storm and Norman. Uh, May drops Norman and Peter off at the Sanctum Santorum, and Peter introduces Dr. Norman Osborne to the group. Uh, he doesn't... When Peter mentions, oh, and this is MJ, he says, Mary Jane? Kind of confused, you know, temporal overlapping happening. But it's explained, no, this is this is not Mary Jane, but my MJ with a little fun quip from Ned about there being other Ned Leeds is out there. Uh, yeah, little does he know. Uh, Octavius meets Osborne. Ned, I'm sorry. In other universes, you're a white boy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Octavius meets Osborne and Otto explains that his Norman died years ago with Flint Marco confirming both of them died fighting Spider-Man. Norman impaled by his own glider, as our old friend Bernard likes to say, and Doc Ock drowned with his machine. Uh, they they all take their turns discussing their battles with Spider-Man, and the villains realize that most, if not all of them, were pulled from their universes in the moments before their death. Yeah, and, you Ele- know, it, Electro's like, I was about to get him, and then, oh shit, yeah. Yeah, and then, oh my god, I died. Um, I, I, you know, it kind of goes without saying if you just watch the trailers or are paying attention, but I do love the little bit of just like, there's a villain from every single movie that led to the the road here outside of the MCU here. Yeah. And that was not an easy thing to pull off, I think. And it's also not easy to pull off and not be totally just fan service jerk off bullshit. Yeah, uh, it's it, like, like I said, it's a very delicate tightrope to walk. And we were both of us, I think, were worried from when they started talking about this of, oh, they're getting Alfred Molina back. They're getting Jamie Foxx back. It's like, oh, this might be like bad. Yeah, they, they might just be counting on the strength of look, everybody. It's something of a scientist himself. You guys love that shit. But they, the fr- they the, managed- fr- the first time he, the first time he says that when he says that line, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Uh, I the first time I heard it, I was like, I love now it. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Unir- unironically, call me a fucking soy face Funko Popper if you want. Nor Willem Dafoe looked directly into the camera and said it, and I clapped and I screeched and I pissed my pants. And you just keep I, hitting him out of the park, Disney. <laughs> I consumed product real hard. Um, <laughs> Strange appears and whooshes Norman into a cell, and he reveals that he's. Prepared a spell in a box that will send all of the villains <laughs> back, back to their respective universes to meet their faces fates with just a push of a button. But yeah, he's, got, he's got he's got the little he's got the little crystal that has the contained spell uh, of mm-hmm. forgetting, uh, and he's got it in there, and he's got a box, and so when he just pushes it, uh, they'll all go away. Peter argues now in full Aunt May mode that they should first cure their powers and insanity. Uh, hoping that doing so will prevent their deaths upon their return. But Strange isn't so sure and claims that the villain's sacrifices mean ultimately more than their lives and begins casting the spell. Uh, Peter steals the box cell and teleports Strange into a cell 
who walks right out and begins a chase sequence where he just kind of portals Spider-Man over and over, like with like overhead looping portals and yep. shit, webs him to his own foot just to try to prevent Peter from leaving. Uh, he eventually smacks Peter out of his body, a la what the Ancient One uh, did to him and, and the Hulk later in Endgame, uh, with detached soul Peter having little, like, invisible spider-sense tingles around his head. Yes. I don't know if you caught that. I caught that on my first viewing, and I was like, is that what that was? And I looked into it online, I was like, holy fuck, that's what that was. Little comic it's, book spider-sense it's, really, it's really cool. It really and his, was. And his, and, his, and his unconscious body, where his, his physical form is, you know, just there. It's, it's still, like, dodging all of Doctor Strange's attempts to try and get the box from him. Yeah, it's still very fluidly controlling his body with his great spider agility and spider speed. It reminds me of that fucking panel from Master Planner. He's like, thank you, spider agility. Or like that one lady from uh, <laughs> Raimi one where she's like a sort of precognition, a spider sense. Mm, eight legs. Sounds hot. He uh, he pilots himself back into his body. And uh, while he says that was the coolest thing he's ever experienced, because the Spider-Man probably has never taken acid, uh, he tells Strange never to do that again and takes off uh, before Strange's magic cape grabs him around the neck and Strange angrily inceptions all the shit around them and chases Peter through the mirror dimension. Whoa, they're back in the mirror dimension. And they ride a like a train through the sky that multiplies itself over and over. We saw a lot of this in the trailers, if you haven't seen the film, which if you haven't seen the film, why the hell are you listening to this? I can't complain, but, uh, you know, it's visuals you've probably seen, uh, like the trains like circle around in, in a band of trains and they go over the Grand Canyon from New York City. Uh, Strange explains that an infinite number of people who now know who Spider-Man is, Peter Parker, are coming. And the spell is the only way to fix it, but Peter is still insistent on rehabilitating the captives they have. And after accidentally making two portals collide, there's like a bunch of like shattery imagery and yeah. they just like fall and fly and web for a while. It's not quite like a George Lucas, they fight kind of thing, but mm -hmm. it, it does, you know, the same shit happens for a while. Uh, and towards the end of it, Peter gets away and notices that some spiraling rocks that 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 Strange is spending with his, you know, magic bullshit here. Yeah, like a, like are, a fractal or some kind of Fibonacci shit or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He recognizes the geometry, like, of the terrain and what he can do with it. So he uses uh, webs and, like, super strategic point areas that when the rocks rotate, they bind Strange, uh, like, around the, the wrists and ankles and waist with his web and, like, hold him in place there. Uh, so with Doctor Strange trapped, he steals the sling ring and the spell cube, and steps back through the portal, trapping Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension for presumably the next 12 hours. Yeah, uh, it's it's a really cool fight. It looks really fun. Uh, I always liked all the fun visual stuff from Doctor Strange and Peter talking to himself. Where it's like, you're great at math. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's, it's, little, it's really fun. The little quip about like the only thing being like stronger than magic is math or yeah. science or whatever he says. It, it's a great. It's a great little like show don't tell that Peter is smart moment, which I always love to see. If you've heard me talk about these for five, and there's minutes. there's a lot of this, and they even do, and they even get it to work for Toby and Andrew. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. There's there's uh, so much we can we oh there's so much to talk about when we get there. He he comes back to the villains and pleads the idea of curing them, 
And Norman, of course, says that, you know, he's something of a scientist himself and offers his help. Uh, I will say my my crowd at my theater definitely liked that line a lot. That, that was oh, yeah, high, mine too. High, high points of ha ha ha. And then it like trailed off. Uh, Otto refuses any part in this, saying he doesn't want to be fixed. Uh, Peter says it's come and try my method or let Doctor Strange kill you with a spell cube. Flint only wants home, so he decides to go through with it. Uh, and Peter takes the complying for now victim villains with him to leave the sanctum uh, with MJ in possession of the kill switch spell box for safety. And there's there's uh, a really great scene here when uh, when Peter comes out with the box and is talking to Ned and MJ and Dr. Octopus is like, uh, you know, you could have killed us and gotten rid of us. And, you know, this problem would have been gone. Why? Why help us? And then MJ is like, Cause that's not who he is. It's like, uh-huh. yeah, he's something of a Spider-Man himself. Exactly. And because, you know, uh, this Spider-Man, other than Mysterio, who I still don't think is dead, uh, <laughs> uh, all the villains that he's fought, he's never killed them. He fought right. the vulture. He didn't die. He specifically. He, he worked his ass off trying to make to sure, make sure he, he got arrested to make sure he did not die. Uh, and Mysterio, you know that motherfucker is still alive. I'm still, I'm a Mysterio truther. And, you know, He's even still... if he is, even if he is dead, like I think he is, it could also be argued that he merely Tobied him there and allowed him to die as opposed to killing him. Well, even Toby himself says that he killed him. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, this he, he Spider Man has always been uh, sort of the do not kill guy of the Marvel universe. Uh, and you know he this is this is really getting the character where it's like you know I can see in Andrew uh like you know after he killed Electro he's like yeah fuck him uh I could see him being like I'm gonna kill this guy uh and all of Toby's villains like all die uh uh-huh. Venom and and Green Goblin Doctor Octopus they all die uh but you know here he's like that's just not who he is he doesn't want anyone to die. Yeah, precisely. Really, there's, really a, there's been enough of that, and that's what he's here to prevent. But enough death. He doesn't need any more. With all of that in mind, Peter decides that the next best place to bring his his fabulous five uh, is to Happy's condo, his spiritual <laughs> oasis. Spiritual um, oasis. Octavius protests being fixed again, and Peter reveals Tony's fabricator, uh, our beautiful Deus Ex Machina 3D printer. Yes. And with it, alongside Norman, he is able to begin designing a fix for Otto's burnt-out inhibitor chip. Uh, there's a fun little bit where May offers Doc Ock either salt or fresh water, which I think, like, that's like towing the line of what I find to be, like, an UG joke, but it yes. it, I, it didn't take me out of it. It was like, ha ha, I, he's I think an octopus. I, 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 you get one of those jokes per movie. Ha ha, he's an octopus. I always thought of it as May trying to be the funny, cool ant joke. I was... I, <laughs> I think I think it works for her character because uh, she's like a younger hipper May. So she's trying yeah. to be hip with the cool kids. And, and I do love joke. I do love seeing her uh, interact with Alfred Molina since they've like shared screen time and other movies before. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Always, always nice there. And 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 so they're trying to come up with cures for everybody. And Peter and, and Norman are working on the new inhibitor chip for Doc. And fucking Norman is always trying to get Peter a job. He's just trying to <laughs> if, be like, if you, you know, ever happen to be in my dimension, you want a job, you can come work for me. Uh, and you know, all, all, all the, industries, 
all the dynamics between all the villains that are talking to each other is it's great. It's fun. They're really, they all really work together really well. Uh, the, it, the lizard it, has decided to stay in the truck. So he's waiting outside. Yeah. He's not in there with him, but I don't know uh, if I decided so much as like, how do we get this guy into fucking happy's apartment? Just leave him there in the van, <laughs> put a little, put a big rag over him. Uh, electro e. costume and, style. Electro and Sandman are talking to each other, like how they got yeah. their powers. And Electro, electro. is like, "Well, I, I fell into a vat of eels." And Sandman's like, "I fell into a particle accelerator." And Electro's <laughs> like, "Gotta watch where you fall." Yeah, no, can't be falling and shit. Electro, no, like right before things. that moment, Electro is having like a look at our fucking city, Luigi moment, like out the window, looking at New York and all the power that's out there. Uh, right, right before there, I fell down. Oh, I fell down. Don't <laughs> uh, fall down. Norman is absolutely baffled and impressed by the technology and the Peter of this world offering him that Oscorp job, which he does that with his Peter, too. Right. And Peter's like, sorry, I want to earn my living. I don't want it to be handed to me or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Ock is prepped for the experiment. <laughs> Dr. Ock, as I've misophoniously said last time. Dr. And uh Peter installs uh, the new inhibitor chip fix into the protesting auto, which cures his brain voice voices and gives us back the sensitive, kind and brilliant Dr. Otto Octavius. He's back, baby. I am so happy about because his we've talked a lot about Raimi 2 being the best Raimi movie. And there is a, a sizable portion of the fan base that still to this day considers it to be the best movie. And I think what keeps it from being the best is is the romance plot. But God, with all so of that, with all of that said, what, the reason people elevate it to that best status is Alfred Molina. And I firmly believe that it's not it's not uh, it's not Toby. It's not direction. It is Alfred Molina and the arc that Doc Ock has in that movie. Uh, and even it, and even me, somebody who prefers Raimi one and loves the gonzo dumbass shit that uh, Norman Osborn gets into. Uh, yeah, it's always great to see Alfred Molina because he's just a really good actor and he's and really I, good at this. I had always wished, like, you know, we have so much great auto stuff in the beginning, and then there's the, the period of time where he's Doc Ock doing evil shit, but then we get him back at the end, his little, you know, redeemed Darth Vader-type moment. I had always wished, like... Brilliant God, but I lazy. Just, I wish we could have gotten more of that, of peak brilliant auto, but with the added benefit of his new cool science arms. And that's what we get for the entire second half of this movie, pretty much. And, you know, except for the chunk he's not in actively in the plot. For the majority of this movie, we have the auto that I wanted to see as a character for so long. And we got it, baby. He, we got him. He greets the room. He's he's overjoyed to be living proof of the plan's viability. And uh, he he returns the particles to Peter now that, you know, he doesn't need to be subdued anymore, giving us the integrated suit. It's the integrated uh, suit, the far from home suit with a with a light coating of nanoparticles over it with the big fat gold spider. With I with a, with a little bit, a little bit of iron spider in there. I liked this suit. It was nothing for me to write home about in my viewings. But uh, as an early Christmas gift the other day, my girlfriend gave me uh, the integrated suit Marvel Legends figure. And now that I've had like time to look at it and the detail of it, I think it's a great fucking suit. I it's still. A good suit. I still like the Far From Home one probably the most because I'm a sucker for that black and red type Spider-Man suit. But this is by no means a bad one. It is. I'm, it's I'm, pretty solid. And a lot of people have complained about how many suits there are in this movie when, like, to be completely fair, the most of the suits they're complaining about are either the same suit a little different or combinations of the same suits we've already seen. 
like the iron and, particles on the far from home suit being the integrated suit it's fine yeah whatever i i like the integrated suit i wish it was uh the the red and blue and black uh like almost so i think somebody some artists that i i like uh did like a, a version of that where it's recolored the integrated suit but it's like the ben riley colors and it looks really good oh that'd be uh, slick I'm still uh, I'm still a homecoming guy. I love the 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 totally homecoming fair. suit. I think it looks great. Uh, but you know, there's another one that we'll get to. We'll talk about there. Oh, we sure will. Uh, new Doc Ock offers his assistance to the cause new. as Happy notices via his doorbell camera that the villain gang is over, uh, driving himself now to home to figure out what the fuck is going on. Uh. Norman is hard at work on a cure, and Otto asks him about it, with uh, Norman remarking that he's ready for it to be just him. He, he's no more goblin, please. Just No me. more darker half. Peter doing science stuff. You'll love to see it. It's yeah, great. You, you really do. Uh, I've said it a million times on this podcast about the opportunity to show us, not tell us that Peter's smart. And a lot of times, like even Raimi at the beginning of like, Raimi one where he's like, you know, spiders and their defense mechanism. It Peter, the come, science award. <laughs> it doesn't come across as him being smart. It comes across more like smarmy and like, hey, look at this cool fact. That's not like an example of showing us he's smart. That's just saying a cool fact. Uh, we get a lot of lab stuff in this movie, and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, it's 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 really good. A bright future. Uh, but for yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, they're they're talking about how, you know, no more, no more. <laughs> No more darker half for Norman. Uh, and, you know, he's just like, yeah, no more darker half. <laughs> Wink. Peter, Wink. Peter affixes a device to Electro's chest to sap him of his excess power, which will return him to normal old Max Dillon. But something feels immediately off to Max, and the power drain is hurting him and making him anxious and, like, keyed up. Uh, he doesn't like it at all. Uh, outside, J. Jonah Jameson arrives with a Daily Bugle van, which Connors kind of like notes and hears in his position downstairs as well. Uh, Peter's spider sense goes off with a great like audio change to reflect this. It's like a bomb just went off. Everything is like yeah. deafened. You can hear like he's, ringing. He's, he's, and he's just really. Very... I, I mean, I, I you know, normally I would th I, I think if I remember correctly, like the the intensity of the spider sense like changes depending on uh, the severity of what's going to happen. Yeah, the threat uh, level. The threat level, yeah. And, you know, at first I was worried that, uh, you know, it's like just for Jameson it seems kind of weird. And then I realized, oh, no, it's for Norman. It sure uh, is. Because, yeah, he's it's, he's like super disoriented with how strong it is. It's it's really, really good. Yeah, uh, he he wanders Happy's condo for a while completely. You know, something is very, very wrong and aware of that. When all of a sudden Peter webs Norman's hand in place with the goblin persona taking full control. He goes on a classic little goblin soliloquy about power and how he would never let them take it from him. And he paints May as some kind of like moral heavy figure who is too weak to recognize that. Norman isn't cursed with this stuff, but he's gifted with it. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's sort of insinuating that the the only reason Peter's doing any of this because he's just a May's lapdog doing his yeah. uh, doing her more her moral crusade. You know uh, what you wanted to do, and you let May talk you into her like goody goody cause. Yeah, and and he's, he'll, he'll says Norman's on sabbatical. I'm like, yeah. Oh, he says Norman's on sabbatical, honey, and it's just like God. Honey. There he is. 
I missed you so much, you scary fucking bastard. Come back he, into my arms, you beautiful man. He has a legitimately like terrifying moment that I'll get into that we're creeping up on, but uh, we'll get there. Um, the goblin says he watched Peter from behind Norman's eyes and watched him try to be forced to choose, remarking that gods don't choose, they take. Yeah, he's he's like uh, the whole world, you know, it's been trying to make you choose. You're trying to have everything you want. Uh, it's everything yeah. you want. It's so good. <laughs> Peter tells me to run and Norman convinces the uncured villains to betray Peter. Uh, Electro blasts Otto out a window and he and Sandman escape while Peter fights Norman, beating him and kicking him down through entire floors. Now, yeah, this, um, this, this fight, this fight is awesome. Norman's fucking like Batista bombing Peter through like eight different floors. I myself have not completed. I've played very little of the PS4 Spider-Man game. I'm aware of the plot just because I'm a fiend for that kind of shit. But I have not actually sat down and played like the game properly. Just, you know, drunkenly at friends places here and there. With that said, uh, it was news for a while that a, a move from the PS4 game was going to be in the movie. And from what I can see, people have been saying that that was when Peter like webs and then kicks Norman through the floor on like the the balcony outside. Yeah. There's a little yes. move where he like slips under his legs and webs up and kicks down. I just wanted yeah. to confirm that with you if that's accurate, because I know you're the yeah, resident PS4 Spider guy. It's a, it's a move that I remember doing. It's a, it's fun. It's nice to have. Yeah, I'm glad that they can like cross reference that kind of shit. It's great. Uh, they they really brutalize each other uh, with Peter like bashing Norman in the face with a lot of face punches and a lot of elbows. This is and a this hardcore is, fight. It's awesome. This is, the, this is the part I was talking about where Norman just like looks up between punches that would have absolutely caved in a normal person. Norman just looks up and just goes bah! and just like shakes his head and screeches and waggles his tongue. And it's it was legitimately like, God damn, Willem. This man, this man is so evil. He's so he, evil. He loves playing. And, and and if you know Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe, he loves doing his own stunts. Uh, yes. You know Tom Holland or Tom Holland's dude was up there movie bashing away at his face and, and Willem's just there going, great, great, great. I'm closer to 100 than 50 and here I am getting my shit rocked. Tom Holland does a lot of his own stunts as well. There's there's whole videos of him doing like gymnastic shit, jumping around like a madman. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's... There, there's also an interview where... Nor where I almost called him Norman. Uh, <laughs> where... Where uh, Willem Dafoe was talking about uh, how the only way he would come back, because he was talking with uh, John Watson and Amy Pascal about coming back before they had a script. And he's like, I'll come back only if I get to do all of my stunts, because that's that's part of the physicality that I want to do for the character. Yeah, it's he, he fucking rocks. He steals the show. This is he is so, so great. And there was a review that I saw about this movie on Letterboxd where it's like Kevin Feige just realized that they could never have a villain as good as uh, William, Willem Dafoe, Norman Osborn. <laughs> like, fuck it, bring him back. Bring him back. Yeah, we got nothing else to do it. Uh, Peter kind of limps away for a bit uh, down a few other floors down the breach and catches his breath outside where J. Jonah Jameson sees him. And the lizard promptly grabs Peter and just throws him back into the fight with Norman. Again, going down multiple floors. Norman chokes Peter and calls his morality his weakness. And also during this, we also get to see a Norman's sort of redesign. Uh, yeah, where yeah, his, yeah. His, his goblin armor is all fucked up. Uh, but it also the, the purple sweatsuit that he was wearing underneath is sort of uh, getting fucked up from the fight. 
so he's got like tattered purple robes and like a purple hoodie and like goggles that he has for some reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it looks sick as fuck. Again, it's a great, great, it's... great redesign of of the Power Ranger outfit he had in the original. It keeps and also they worked. added purple. They added purple. Yeah, they sure the fuck did. He had like a purple tent kind of in the first one in certain shots. It was like barely noticeable, like a, like a pearlescent coat. But it, yeah, it was barely visible. And they they rectify that here. Uh, as he's going on his little diatribe while choking Peter, May runs up and stabs him with a cure vial that doesn't work because it was well, like well. partially designed by the Green Goblin, I guess. Uh, it's just tap water or something. The goblin, the goblin says that Peter got his weakness for May, and with with May's back turned towards the entrance of the building, he calls down his glider, which flies into the room and flings May aside, definitely having been hit by it. Norman boards his glider and tells Peter that no good deed goes unpunished, lobbing a bomb at the both of them which Peter manages to take the brunt of the injury on. Yeah, he, he he manages to bat it. He reaches for it and manages to bat it away at the last second. Yeah, from uh, decimating his aunt and skeletonizing her. Yeah, he, he didn't turn it to skeleton mode. So otherwise, they, you know, they would have been toast. Uh, awaking in the rubble, Peter cries and limps over to May, alive and hugging him tightly. She claims she's okay, just knocked on her head. Peter thinks he broke some ribs. Yeah, he, she, she literally says, "Just I was knocked on my ass." Yeah, uh, I'm always on my ass, Peter. I'm on my I'm on my ass, May. Um, Peter remarks that he should have listened to Strange and killed them. That this is his fault. This wasn't his responsibility. And with that, May gives him the speech the that speech. Norman was wrong about morals being weak, and that since Peter has great power, there must also come. Great responsibility, which just to scratch my own nerd brain is like, that's how it's said originally. You know, it's yes. kind of been like, Luke, I am your fathered into with great power there, you know, blah, blah, blah. He and says then, and then the I, comic and, phrase. And then I love that when, when Peter hears it, he's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, May then collapses as damage control SWAT units swarm outside. Uh, May says she just needs to catch her breath, but when Peter moves her purse aside, his hand comes away soaked in Aunt May's blood. It's it's not it's not her purse. It's like a feast tote bag yeah, that it's, has it's all of the it, it has all of the uh, the leftover you know destroyed pieces of the cures yeah. that they were making. So it's you know it's a, it's a really important thing that she ended up grabbing before yeah before uh, they had to leave. It was very nice for her to soak it in her blood too. Beautiful. She asks uh, if Peter is okay, as Peter is crying out for an ambulance and telling a shocked and dying May that she's okay. He's here. It's just her and him. He says that a lot. It's just you and me. And then and then uh, Happy comes up with his car and tries to block the damage control guys from coming in, but they mm-hmm. end up arresting him, and mm-hmm. he's yelling at Peter to leave. Uh, but this scene is so good. Tom Holland is such yeah. a fucking good actor. And he then really right is. at the end, right at the end when you know May is is gone, uh, and he's just, you know, he's like whispering to her. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And like, that's fucking, that's so, that's so good. That's yeah. right on the money. That's yeah, what the shit is all about. It's so good. They love traumatizing this poor boy more than anything. Any of the other ones went through this poor boy. May does indeed pass away from her injuries right in front of Peter as he calls her name to her. Happy's arrested, uh, owing to his, you know, tumultuous legal problems he's also going through and his vicinity to the scene. Screams for Peter to run. Peter kisses May's forehead, sobbing sorries. 
as the team opens fire and uh, wings Peter, but I think it catches him in like some some of the iron particles or something because he doesn't make a big deal about being shot for the rest of the movie. Uh, but Peter does sling away as uh, the team there comes across May's corpse, which is shedding a single movie death tear. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson gives a very somber newscast from the scene, asking people to wake up and realize that the chaos and calamity that follows Spider-Man make him uh, a ruiner of everything he touches. Yeah, he says We've everything got, Spider-Man like, touches comes to ruin. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, leaving other people to pick up the pieces. Uh, he stands in front of this, you know, giant J. Jonah Jameson speech face, watching him give the speech. Just completely and totally defeated. While, meanwhile, at Ned's grandmother's place, Ned and MJ are watching the news and absorbing it all, uh, unable to reach Peter by phone. MJ very much wants to hit the switch on the cube, just end this now, which Ned says they shouldn't do, wishing he could see Peter. When he makes this wish, a portal weakly flickers. He's wearing that sling ring still. So yeah, Ned decides to wish harder again. Uh, the second portal, Peter. with a bit more intent, the portal's a little stronger. And he wishes again even harder, motioning with the sling rings this time. Opening a portal through which we see a suited Spider-Man down an Spider-Man. alleyway. Who... As a suit, a suit in the theater, I'm like, I, I looked at it, I'm like... His eyes are too big to be our Peter. Yep, yep. And like in my head this whole time, like there was a point where I was almost convincing myself to not expect Toby and Andrew in this movie just to not like set myself up for disappointment with me being me. But when that like wore off and it was becoming even more apparent as every day grew by that this is the least like worst keep secret ever in Hollywood and this was definitely happening. The big question for me then became are we going to see Toby than Andrew or Andrew than Toby? And I guess in hindsight, it should have been a lot more obvious. It was going to be to- Andrew first, but it, it was still a fun surprise for me. And the other thing is how, how much of them were going to be in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and cause you know, some people were like, they're going to be co-leads. Like they're going to show up from the very beginning. I was of the opinion that they weren't going to show up until the post credits. So I was proved wrong. I, like MJ says about disappointment and expectations. I, I wanted to believe, okay, they're going to be in the post credits. And maybe Sam Raimi's got some shit cooked up to have Toby back in their little multiverse movie, whatever. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I was I was more concerned that they would take up too much of the plot and that they would draw away from from Tom Holland's story. But they somehow struck that balance really well. Like they even managed, with these other guys, it's still Tom's story. These these other Spider-Man that are in the movie, uh, they're never the main focus. They're parts of a team. And wh- with that said, while they're not the main focus, they are also given like pseudo epilogues to their universes. Like we'll talk yeah, about it when they talk we'll, about we'll, we'll it. Talk, we'll like, talk about it, but we got to We got to figure out what's going on with this, with this <laughs> portal and this Spider-Man with the eyes that are too big. Absolutely. Uh, our, our big bug eyed Spider-Man comes through the portal into Ned's domicile with his grandma and unmasks to reveal that he is Hollywood's sweetheart, Andrew Garfield. He is not uh, uh, Spider-Man. He's uh, Peter three. Yeah, he's he's another Peter. He says he's Peter Parker, Spider-Man in his world. But yesterday he was just here. MJ and Ned are on guard against him as he like nerds out to himself over string theory, etc. All those concepts being real. But it's also a little his interest is peaked when Ned lets it slip that magic brought him here as well. 
He's like, magic uh, is real? It's like, no, no. And uh, MJ is like throwing pieces of bread at him. Yeah, so they to, like prove that he's Spider-Man. They want to like trick him into using his spider sense, even though he's wearing a Spider-Man costume in front of them. I guess anyone can do that. But they're chucking bread at him and uh, he ends up like doing a little hop to cling to the ceiling with one hand. Yeah. Uh, Ned's grandma like utilizes him to clear cobwebs from the corner in a fun little like ceiling crawling moment. Yep. So he's proved himself. He's satisfactorily, hey, I'm Spider-Man, just not your Spider-Man. Ned and MJ note they've opened the wrong portal. Uh, they don't have the real Spider-Man with Andrew saying, yeah. ouch, to that. Yeah, he's like, we gotta just keep opening portals so we find the real one. It's like, ouch. Crying again. Uh, a plain clothes random guy enters and MJ <laughs> knows it's him while we, the audience, are looking at the fresh-faced, may I say, for 45... The one and only Tugboat McGuire is here. Tugboat McGuire, he's here. Uh, there are cars there, motherfucker. Get out of the way. I Get am out of the way. so... I, I didn't, like, clap and cheer and piss or anything, but the smile that broke out on my face when I saw Toby McGuire on the screen, I was so fucking happy, man. Yeah, my, my, my fucking theater was going off, and the most I did was smile and just pump my fist. I'm like... He's yep. here, baby. I, I I punched the air a couple times. I the, there's the, a moment during the credits where I flip the screen off, but we'll get to that. <laughs> the, 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 the goober himself. He's here, baby. He's he's here and he's tugging. Uh, Toby meets Andrew, which is a sentence I love saying. And by the way, I'm just going to be clear now. This is the point in my synopsis where I stop referring to Peter as Peter ever. They are yeah. now Toby, so, so, Andrew, so, and Tom. <laughs> There's, there's, yeah, there's only one point where I call them Peter 1, Peter 2, and Peter 3. Right, right. Um, so just, you know, for the sake of our, our listeners who are already tenuously here, they're Toby, Andrew, and Tom now. The Peter yes. that I've been talking about this whole time, he's Tom now. Stay with Tom. us. Toby meets Andrew, who Toby sees is wearing a Spider-Man suit. So they're immediately he's like, 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 well, he's not your friend. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they fire off webs at each other and do like a simultaneous flip with Toby's web hitting Andrew squarely in the web shooter. Uh, they kind of realize what's up and uh, understanding, you know, who we are, what's going on. They they ask MJ, is there a place with meaning to Tom somewhere where he could like go to get away from it all? Uh, like the Chrysler building for Toby or the Empire State building for Andrew? Uh MJ knows where this is for Peter. So uh, taking Ned and the other spiders in yeah, tow. Ned's grandma wants them to clean up all their webs before they leave. Yeah, you clean your shit. I'm going to bed. Um, Ned and MJ go and they meet Peter at his little alone place. Uh, you know, he's absolutely fucking distraught. Uh, Aunt Which May is, just... I believe, on the roof of the school. Yeah, I that's I think that's what the set piece is. I wasn't able to determine that myself, but it's I, th not... I think it's 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 the roof that they were talking that yeah. they were hanging out reading the newspaper on earlier in the movie, which I remembered on the I saw on the second viewing. There's a little piece of a graffiti that just says Ditko yep. on yep. the ceiling. I have that in my trivia. It's a uh, it, it's featured twice in the movie. The second time being on the lizard's truck outside uh, Happy's building. But I I noticed that in the theater and I was like, oh, there he is. Whoop. Uh, Peter weeps in his friends and his loved one's arms, and MJ says that there are some people here who are going to help. Standing, Tom sees the moonlit silhouettes of our two other Spider-Men. Of our boys. A, and gives like a whoa, 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 whoa when they hit the ground in front of him. Toby says that he's sorry about the death of Aunt May, which Andrew echoes. 
Tom says that they can't know what he's going through, how it's his fault. They'll make they, 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 they really nothing. can't because they really can't because, you know, neither of their Aunt May is dead. No, you know, whatever. <laughs> you guys, you have Rosemary Harris and Sally Field. They've, they're very alive. Fuck you. Uh, he goes to activate the box and he tells them to deal with their monsters. It's on you. This is not my problem. I don't care anymore. I'm done. He apologizes for dragging them into this, but MJ won't hand over the box. Toby takes the time to explain how his Uncle Ben died, and it was his fault. And Andrew talks about the failure in his life of failing to save his loved one, Gwen Stacy, and the inability to forgive himself that he's been suffering for the years after the fact. Yeah, how... he says he says that uh, he says that Gwen was basically his MJ. Yeah, uh, and uh, how afterwards he he went back to being Spider Man, but you know he he couldn't really process his his trauma, so he ended up. He stopped pulling his punches. He started getting more violent with he the, with it the made bad him, guys. It made him more rageful and bitter, which is not something you ever want Spider-Man to be, especially not pulling punches. Um, like we talked about earlier, uh, this entire third act of the movie kind of serves to not only be the third act of the movie, but it gives us a little epilogue into what's going on. Um, I'll talk about it when we get there more, but like Peter talks about later how he made things work with MJ. And uh, he asks Andrew about his own personal life stuff. And we get some more resolution with Andrew later that we'll talk about extensively. But what I what yep. I really love about more than just, hey, everybody, look, it's the Spider-Man you remember in this movie. Remember when you were a kid and you saw the Spider-Man? Here's here he is. He's here again there. You know, we, we can't we have to be objective and recognize that there is a layer of that here. But past yeah, that, of course, it's not just that they they take the time to flesh it out. And give us, like I said, a pseudo epilogue. I, I, I'm going to say this on record. You've probably seen me say this on Twitter if you follow me there. But uh, there doesn't need to be a Spider-Man 4 and there doesn't need to be an Amazing Spider-Man 3. I think if that's what you're taking away from this movie, you completely miss the fucking point. Um, yeah. Those are fun ideas which are caught up in their own legal rights nightmares with shit like Venom and Morbius on the horizon. Uh -huh. But uh, with all of that said... This is your Spider-Man 4. This is your Amazing 3. This is closing the door on the trauma and the stories and the loose ends that exist for these characters. Their, their time in the sun is over. Those projects have their followings. And they've already, in my opinion, they've already lived on well past their like shelf date. Despite the, the Raimi trilogy and, and even more so the Garfield duology, which I have very little good things to say about. Yeah, this movie serves not as another chapter for these guys, but as a closing of the book. It, it, if you have any questions, Absolutely. they're answered here. It, it's a send off at the same time as being a getting the band back together. And 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 also, you know, they absolutely part of this is is the the the, the, the this movie is a collaboration between Marvel and Sony. They absolutely could have put these guys in all the trailers and all the posters. Oh, and they could have they could have made a giant poster where Toby and Andrew are bigger than Tom. And it's like, wow, they got the old Spider-Man's back. But they didn't do that. They didn't put them in the, the marketing. All they put was the villains, which, you know, even that's kind of fan service. -y. But they didn't put the biggest fan service thing of all and have the old Spider-Man on the poster or like in this big ad campaign. They didn't do that. They just they just had it be focused on who the movie is actually about, which mm -hmm. is uh, Tom. It's about him. And it, it's a tight yeah. rope to walk, like you said, to have that idea where they need to make that clear. This is about Tom, because you're also trying to please those same people that have been saying Iron Boy Jr. for the last four years. You, you can't have it both ways. You know, it, it uh, it's either you hate it and this sucks and it's a terrible Spider-Man 
or you, you can't say that and they go, but you know what would save it is Toby Maguire being in it for no reason. And, it, Toby it, Magu- and Toby McGuire plays Uncle Ben, and then blah, 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 blah. yeah, it's that I liked that idea at first, but like just you know let the past die, as they say. Uh, let, let the past die on Disney Plus. It's uh, this is what it is, and I they could have dropped the ball so fucking hard. They absolutely could have. Uh, it's playing with fire, especially with how many people are just rapidly rabidly Raimi fans after like the meme resurgence that it's experienced in maybe yes. the last five years. Like I the Star rem- Wars I don't remember. Rabid, I don't remember rabid fucking, fan base. I don't remember these things being meme worthy five years ago on the internet. Uh, that, I remember I seeing like, some of them like, you know, sometimes somebody would make a bone saw joke or something. Yeah, or, you sure. Know, those... But it, it wasn't what it is now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like 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 we talked about way long ago. It's like the Raimi. Uh, it's like the Star Wars prequels. They've they've created a, a really rabid fan base of people who defend those movies to their last breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we're going to have more to say as we go through it, but I just wanted to get a lot of that said now, now that we're talking about our three and, Spider-Men. Uh, and you know, it is, it is insane that the, the Disney corporation is so large that we've had two within the last two years, two very different versions of the fan servicey trilogy finale we have on one hand we have this movie which handles all the characters really really well and you know creates an epilogue for these other versions of spider-man and really has a deep respect for the character at the heart of it even if it changes some things uh and then on the other prong we have the rise of skywalker which (laughs) has so many dumbass (laughs) needless callbacks we've brought back emperor palpatine for some reason just because people like him uh if I can, we've we've, tr- we've tried to we've tried to retrofit all of the shit that people don't like about the star about the Star Wars sequels. All about you know uh, instead of like in this movie where instead of trying to instead of trying to quote unquote fix the these MCU Spider Man movies, they accept them and then they evolve beyond them. Yeah. Whereas precisely. whereas these whereas the Rise of Skywalker was just like entirely trying to reject everything the Last Jedi did and like no 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 it's all wrong. Uh, yeah, it actually it happened this way. It, it, actually, that's the Rise of Skywalker. Um, uh, with all of it, that said, it, it's so it's so completely different and it's it's amazing. It's, not to make this so a Rise crazy. of Skywalker episode. I think the difference in, in these two prongs we're talking about here. I was having a conversation with my fiance the other day about um about the Rise of Skywalker, and I think the distilled what's wrong with Rise of Skywalker isn't the Palpatine thing. I don't know how big into Star Wars you are, Lex, but there's a scene in Episode Nine where I mean, I, Wed- I, I mean, yeah, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Well, who isn't? During the big climactic battle, uh, Wedge Antilles is piloting, or rather, he's mm-hmm. in the gunner seat of the Millennium Falcon. And mm-hmm. if you're people like me, Wedge Antilles is a fucking war hero. He's the only person to survive both Death Star assault runs. He, you know, had to bail on the first one, but he helped take down the second Death Star and Starkiller Base. He's a guy. He's he's literally Wedge Antilles, right? Uh, yeah. When they show him. You know, fans know who he is, but he doesn't say anything to anybody. He's just there. And he's also literally the greatest pilot of all time in the gunner's seat of like a of an assault vehicle, not in his own ship. And it's like, why bring him back just to have nothing to do and doing something out of character? And I think that is the best distillation there is. Like, I don't want anybody to turn the screen and say, look, everybody, it's Wedge Antilles. But I want him to do something that Wedge Antilles would do, you know? 
you know, that's even removed from the fact that a character that's supposed to be his, like, stepson or something gets killed and he doesn't react at all with Snap Wexley dying. My, my point is, there's a huge difference between, uh, I don't know, Wedge Antilles, people will clap, and how they handled the Spider-Man here. It, it's fucking night and day. Yeah, it's 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 a, such a stark difference between shameless fan pandering bullshit like oh Chewie gets the medal at the end of the movie isn't that fun to Andrew getting to redeem himself for saving Gwen Stacy it's like yeah. that it's night and fucking day it's so it's, different ah uh, but yeah it's just oh, this movie is so good it's so good it really is. Uh, back to the movie that we're talking about. Um, Toby talks to Tom about how he he hunted down his uncle's alleged killer and he got what he wanted out of it when the guy died, but it didn't make anything about the situation any better. And he doesn't he, he fails to tell Tom. Also, it wasn't really the guy that killed my uncle, but we'll get into that later. And he and he and he's, he says that in response to, to Tom being like, I want to fucking kill him. I want to kill mm-hmm. the Green Goblin. I want to tear him apart. I want to fucking tear him apart. And he's like, dude, that's not going to work. I did the same thing and it didn't bring me it, it doesn't didn't make me feel any better. It, it took Toby a long time to learn how to get through that darkness. Uh, but Tom still wants to to just absolutely kill and tear apart Norman. Uh, even yeah, it's, it's it's so different from. You know, there's obviously there's the other big, uh, other the other movie other than Endgame in the room, uh, in the conversation for this movie, which is Spider Verse, uh, right. which is a very similar concept. It's not exactly the same, uh, but the 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 sort of idea of the older Peter Parker coming in to be a mentor type figure. But the point is that uh, Peter doesn't need a mentor at this point. He doesn't have a mentor in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the big complaints people had about these movies. Peter's a mentor, even though, you know, uh, Nick Fury wasn't really a mentor of his. The closest he had was Mysterio, who ended up betraying him and uh, ruining his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, Peter, the, Tom doesn't need that kind of mentor anymore. But the idea of Toby coming in as that, 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 that you know, more, more if anything, cool, just a voice of reason. Yeah, more cool, more wizened Spider-Man. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone who literally does know what you're going through. Yeah, yeah, who knows what you're going through and is like, I know I've been in the literally the exact same situation as you. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know what you're feeling and the, what you want to do. That's not going to help you. It's like, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. E- even even mortally wounded and bleeding to death, May was still pleading with her, Peter, to own his power and responsibility. And Toby finishes that line for Tom. Yes, and and Peter's like, and Tom is like, what's called him Peter? Tom is like confused. He's like, how do you guys know that? And then they're both like, Uncle Ben said that on the day that he died. Andrew says it, and Tom and Toby nods. They're both like, yeah, "Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, they they finish each other's sentences. Uh, It's and you know this is the part that I kind of got the first time I saw this movie. I was kind of eating about uh, was I was like, does Uncle Ben just not exist? Yeah, <laughs> uh, is May just replacing Ben? And I, that's, I think that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm going to wait to make my final decision until that Disney Plus show comes out. Sure, sure. Uh, that explains the actual intro. I'm glad I'm glad they're doing that now. Uh, because I, I fully believe that Uncle Ben just either disappeared or died in a totally non-tragic way that just removed him from the story years before. I OK, 
Uh, and obviously the other point that I wish they would have shown Uncle Ben uh, was at the graveyard at the end when he goes to May's grave. I'm like, I wish they would have shown Ben's grave. That would have been nice. Uh, I've, tr- I've turned into that guy. Uh, but I want to see what they do with this animated series that they're doing. Uh, yeah. They're making an animated show. If you don't know, uh, they're making an animated show called Spider-Man Freshman Year on Disney+. Plus. It's going to come out sometime next year, I think. Uh, it's going to be the the origin story in sort of a 60s Ditko style animation. And it's going to be interesting to see that because I personally still think that they're going to do an Uncle Ben thing uh, because of the references they've made in the past movies, like the briefcase and uh, the 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 thing about, you know, if you do the things that I can, but you don't, and then the bad things happen, that stuff. Uh, I still think it happened. Yeah. But, and plus the fact that after May says, with great power comes great responsibility, Peter's like, yeah, I know. Uh, and you know, I there's think the it, references Peter makes to like everything May's been through and Civil yeah, War. So like, I th- what I has think she it, been I through, Peter? It, I think it still happened. But I think that the May moment is a reinforcement of that. And Peter yeah. was confused that the other Peters know because, you know, he didn't know that they also went through the exact same thing he did. Right. It's uh, it's it's uh, a great well, little well, moment of like opening the door to closure, kind of either either way, wh- whether uh, they do it with uh, with or without Ben, it works really, really well. For sure. Uh, Toby chimes that, you know, May's death doesn't have to have been for nothing, which takes us to a, a favorite, a great sequence of the film, which is the three Peters uh, working to develop cures for the remaining villains. Three Peter Parker brains in full action in the lab. They're all doing uh, science. Peter, Toby McGuire gets to do science. It's great. It's and more science than just sitting next to Kirk Connors in an office and going, huh, this is weird because that doesn't count. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, it was at this scene when I was like, I can't believe this movie is real. Yeah, like, no, just, I, I said that a few times. Like, I can't believe I'm, I'm like, actually what? seeing this right now. What it's like, f- I, like I said, it's like I wrote this movie. Um, Andrew remarks that he's already cured Connors once. So replicating the formula shouldn't be a big deal, which the other two are like, oh, wow, shouldn't be a big deal. All right. I, I, th- um, I think most of them are reacting to the fact that he's wearing a lab coat. He's the only yeah. one wearing a lab coat. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess it fits, you know, uh, I, I would say specifically outside of the things we've seen Tom do, Andrew's uh, Peter was a very science minded guy that we saw do a lot of science stuff. I mean, his girlfriend uh, was a scientist. <laughs> something of a scientist herself. Exactly. Toby believes he can concoct a Norman serum, which is an idea that he's been thinking of for a while in his universe post Norman's impalement. Yeah, uh, this is what we do. He says we cure them. This, this is what we do. This is what we do, baby. MJ remarks on the three U's weirdness as the three Peters show us their science skills in action. Uh, there's a great bit where Ned asks Toby if he has a best friend with Toby just very like, not like dramatically, but not monotone either. He's like, yeah, I had a best friend and he died in my arms. Uh, it's heartbreaking. He doesn't give any more explanation. That, he's so, so. He's so nonchalant about it. He's like, he died in my arms after he tried to kill me. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, that's again, that's all the James Franco we need in this movie. It's so it's so good. All these callbacks are fantastic. It puts Ned in a bit of a weird headspace and he's like running some computer diagnostics with this weird dejected look on his face. He, he talks to Tom in a minute, but we'll get there. And, and even and even Andrew is like looking over like, what the fuck are you what talking did about? He just say, oh, my God. Uh, MJ, well, I mean, you know, check. he has he has a similar situation with Dane DeHaan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. 
Uh, MJ checks in on Tom and tells him that they're going to get through this together. Andrew kind of watches the lovers from afar and Toby catches him looking. Andrew, when asked, I made you look, says uh, he has no one. He has no time for Peter Parker stuff. Toby reveals that while complicated, he and MJ made it work in the end, uh, even if it took a while, which to me, like, is, is nice because in my head after Spider-Man 3, I never took Spider-Man 3 as like a wow, we're so in love and we're going to be together now kind of thing. The ending is very like, well, we survived. Do you wanna, do you, you wanna still want to be together or dot, 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 unless yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, I, it's I, a very it's a very uh, tentative way to end. It's like, do you want to try again? Yeah, it, it just after, never really after all, felt... the, after all the batshit insanity of Spider-Man three. So, so I always in my head pictured like if they didn't work out, there's got to be a black cat in the Raimi universe somewhere. There's there's got to be something, you know, Gwen, you know? Gwen's still hanging around. <laughs> Phrasing. Uh <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I do like confirmation that that Peter and his fucking ridiculously insane MJ made it work in the end. That's that's just nice to know. Good for the them. Raimi, that the Raimi verse does indeed have a solid ending there. Uh, that's, you know, like I said about the about this being an epilogue, we don't need a Spider-Man four. We don't need Kirsten Dunst to come out and, and Mary Jane all over the place again. We we're done. Yeah, Toby, please accept this gift. Please, please don't, please don't turn Spider-Man Four and the Amazing Spider-Man Three into the next Snyder Cut. Don't make oh, it happen. Please don't, please, be, please don't please, be those people. For the first time in your life, Spider-Man Internet community have some fucking restraint. And, uh, the, and the worst part was the Snyder Cut was just terrible. It was more terrible. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The regular version of Justice League was bad, but there was there was longer and more terrible. <laughs> oh no! Ned calls out for Peter, and then Peter, Peter. And then Peter Parker, before telling Tom that the diagnostic on the computer is done. Peter Benjamin uh, Parker. Andrew asks Toby, uh, you know, hey, are you going to just be rolling around like a cool youth pastor all day long? Or where's your suit? <laughs> where we get a great little moment where Toby like tugs his collar and shows his rainy suit underneath, which I was. He keeps that shit on it at all times. All times. Always strapped up. Uh, Toby asks Tom what the web cartridges are for. Yeah, Ned's like, oh, I got your web cartridges, dude. And Toby's like, what the fuck are those? And he's like, well, they're my web yeah. cartridges. The web moment, the, the fucking moment that the idea of a three Spider-Man movie came out, I feel like that's the first thought everybody had is like, yeah. the I've joke like writes a million, itself. A, a million different fan comics. Yeah, the joke writes itself. Like, what the fuck, your webs are organic? And that's exactly what we get. Uh, and they, and they, do an actually, they do an actually good job. I don't know how. Uh, but, you know, I, I've talked about how the, some of the CGI in this movie is not great, but somehow they made the webs that Toby shoots look more organic than the ones that Tom shoots. Yeah, no, I I, I know what you mean. Because, like, when Tom shoots the web, I'm thinking specifically of the one when he's leaving the manhole uh, at the very beginning like of the movie. And, and yeah, it's like it's like it's like wispy and like almost matte. Like, you, if yeah. you if you felt it, it would be like, you know, like it a, reads a, as like synthetic. Yeah, it reads as synthetic. Uh, but then you see Toby shooting his goo all over the fucking uh, it, the, it looks the chair. Warm. It looks like it looks like cum. It looks like semen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, yeah, like it all. It's it's shiny. I, I can imagine it being like body temperature. I don't like it. It, it looks grody as fuck. Um, Toby slings one of his webs and remarks how the others. He's like, you guys can't do that. <laughs> uh, they have more conversation about that later. So, you know, that's not the only thing we hear about it. 
But uh, Tom plans to distract the villains with the box while the other two distribute cures. And uh, Ned review reveals his little portal casting ability so he can take them there and, and be that part of the plan. Uh, he also promises to never turn evil and try to kill Tom, who he gives a big hug. Uh, he also uh, Peter wants to start off this little thing. He's like, okay, all right, we're going to go in expecting disappointment so we don't get disappointed. But MJ's like, no, actually, we're, we're going to kick some ass, but they're going to cure <laughs> some ass. And then Toby's like, cure. We're going to cure some ass. I love it. I really do. It's so uh, good. <laughs> Gotta save them all. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm so glad that Andrew Garfield gets to be in a good Spider-Man movie. I was so fucking thrilled to see him. And that might sound like a surprise to listeners who have heard me talk about that movie. But like, I've made it very clear since day one. It's it's a Hayden Christensen situation. It's not his fault that he was given the worst Spider-Man script with the worst lines and the worst like things to do. And and you know what? It's it's kind of crazy that they, they give... But, you know, almost kind of fitting that they give more fanfare to Andrew showing up than, oh, than Toby because Toby just kind of walks out and Andrew's like, I'm jumping in. I'm Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I hate it when people say this redeems something. You hear that a lot when people talk about Star Wars. Oh, Episode 7 redeemed the prequels. Oh, Mandalorian redeemed the trilogy. You can, you can just say that about whatever comes next about the thing that came out last. <laughs> this redeemed that. You, that We don't need redemption and all this shit. Uh, what we did need was Andrew Garfield in an environment where he can prove, hey, I work as this character. I work when a script isn't written by five idiots. Uh, yeah, and you put me in front of Paul Giamatti and Dane DeHaan. Uh, it's, you know, he just he gets he got that chance. He gets that chance to be in a good Spider-Man movie. And, you know, God bless him for being in the news because he was in because he had that other movie. He's not the werewolf. He was like Tick, Tick, Boom or whatever was coming out. Uh, a great Hive song. Uh, that movie that was coming out and he was constantly getting questioned because Tobey Maguire just does whatever he wants now. He makes Boss Baby or The Great Gatsby. He does whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, people were like, are you in it? He's like, yeah, I am. I don't care. But, <laughs> you know, people asked Andrew in interviews. He's like, I'm not in it. It's all Photoshop. It's fake. Yeah, that's, that's a thing people say a lot. About. He said in an interview, he feels like he's in a game of werewolf. And he keeps having to say, I'm not the werewolf. I'm not the werewolf. Not and in it. he's going to be laughing his ass off right now. Either that or he's taking like anti-anxiety meds. He's he's got to have some relief going on. Thank God. All right. Uh, the, the bugle tip line is contacted directly by to Tom Holland, Spider-Man, who says that this is all his fault, admitting he accidentally brought all these dangerous people into this world and that he could have killed them, showing the cube but wants to give them a second chance because of the lessons he learned from his Aunt May, luring them to the... It was briefly mentioned on a radio broadcast earlier in the film. Yes, in the background. The, and they also they also show it on the TV in uh, Happy's condo yeah, uh, the, when, when Electro turns it on with his powers. The Statue of Liberty is being retrofitted with a uh, Captain America shield because... Which is it's so funny. Sure, because why not? Because Sony's allowed to do that now. Um, yeah, and, they, and it's all recoppered now, so it's not green. It's it's bronze again. Right, right. Um, and he's he's asking the world to wish him luck. Uh, Tom goes and confers with the other Spider Man and our other little like three Spider Man moment of the movie. Uh, they're placing cure vials in strategic locations before just settling down to shoot the shit for a bit. Toby's back acts up. Toby's and, back goes out, and Andrew offers to crack it. Which Toby accepts, and a great little Spider-Man moment where he lifts him up and cracks his back. 
Andrew says that he always wanted brothers, which is like the the sweetest line in the movie to me. I think it's yeah. very sentimental. It's like, Man, this is great. I always wanted brothers. And it's like yes, and they're and they, they're, they... they're still stuck on the organic webbing. Yeah, uh, which Tom asks if it comes out anywhere else, and Toby's like, "This is personal stuff, guys. It's 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 like the rhythm of breathing. You know, it's not something I do. I don't." I don't breathe. It just happens. I don't make web. It just happens. And and in what might be the, my favorite line in the whole movie, they're talking about uh, Andrew's like, you know, you ever get a web block? Because I like I have to like make them in a lab or whatever. It's very complicated. And Toby's like, yeah, you know, I did have a web block. Uh, and then, you know, Andrew's like, why? You know, what what happened? The, Toby says, my, well, like my favorite line in the whole movie was like existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Great little Spider-Man no more nod. It's wonderful. The, the, the chemistry between these three guys is so good. And I read in like an interview somewhere that like the three of them just have a group chat together. Where yeah. They like hang yeah. out. Like it's God. fucking awesome. Dudes rock. Dudes fucking rocks. Spider-Man dudes rock. That's the subtitle. Uh, that little web block sequence is in fact like the frame of the movie that leaked with Andrew in it. Like that everyone was like. Is this real? Is this real? And Angela, no, it's Photoshop. That fucking frame is in the movie. It's great. It's great. It's great. Tom, who is very much the child of the group, is like, who's, what's the most craziest villains you guys have ever fought? And Toby talks about the alien made of black goo that he fought. Like, I fought an alien made of black goo. And just uh, <laughs> like, I'm, I feel like I'm lame because all yeah, I but, thought was I want to fight an alien. <laughs> Tom says, yeah, I, I fought a purple alien in space. And they're like, what, what the fuck? You space. went to space? One of my favorite fucking moments in the film. Andrew specifically is like, no, I'm lame. And I, I wish I fought aliens. I just fought a guy in a robot rhino suit. And Toby's like, can we back this up about the lame thing? You're amazing. And, <laughs> and the crowd lost it at that when he calls Dude's Andrew rock. Garfield amazing. And he says it a few times. You are amazing. And I, like, want I want you to say it. it. I want, I want you to, to say hear it. you say it. <laughs> Rock. It, it just like there there's such a, a tendency in the spider-man fan base to tear down the amazing films which granted they fucking suck both of us are guilty of because they're terrible movies but with that said like it could be so easy for any one of these guys even in just like their personal lives be like yeah those suck and i don't I, I, i'm spider-man now i don't have to respect toby Maguire. i don't have to respect andrew garfield they it's so genuine the way it comes across like yeah they're acting yeah. as characters but you can tell that there's no bitterness between these three it could it, it could be so easy for for toby Maguire, who was at the time one of like the hot names he was he was like hanging with leo he, he was he was he was out yeah, he, was, he was he was in leo pussy posse, posse. yeah he he was a name he easily could have been like fuck this new spider-man fuck this kid i want my spider-man Ugh. but no they they are you can feel the chemistry outside of just being actors who are acting as the same character. You can really feel that these guys are like, you know, there's a camaraderie there is the best word for it. Yeah, it, they're it, all great actors and they all seem to like respect each other. a it, lot. It's it's not pandery at all when when Toby says you are amazing. That's 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 a handshake is what it is across and, generations. And and, and and, you know, it all it all works together because their Peters are have all their, you know, their little differences. Toby is still, you know, he's he's wizened with age. But, you know, deep down, he's still that sort of soft spoken goober. Uh, where he's like, you are amazing. You know that? And Andrew, you know, he's more emo, so he's still beating himself up about stuff. Uh, and he's, you know, trying to cover it up with how, you know, being the funny jokey guy. Uh, and then, you know, Tom is like that sort of nice, happy middle. Uh, it's, you know, it, it just works. It works so well. It just works. It just like, 
like Todd, like Todd Howard said, it just works. <laughs> but this time we mean it. Tom, uh, Tom focuses the groom, the, the group up as uh, lightning crackles and Electro arrives in a new uh, power distributing suit with an arc reactor on his chest. Yeah, he stole the arc reactor from the, the fabricator. Mm-hmm. So now he's tapped into the power of the sun in the palm of his chest. Yes. Uh, Tom takes off with the spell box as bait for the villains, and uh, the other Spideys max, uh, mask up with Andrew saying, Hey, I missed you, Max. Uh, that's my like slightest, babiest gripe with the movie, is we get so much like Tom masking up, we get Andrew's like unmask at the beginning. I would have loved a little solo, just like seeing the Raimi suit mask go on thing, but like they avoid that. That's fine. It's whatever. I mean, you uh, see, you see it later when they when they re, when they regroup and then go for oh, it yeah. again. Yeah, I just would have loved it to have its own little like, oh, it's the Raimi suit. Oh, because I'm me. Uh, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, Tom gives MJ and Ned the cube through their portal. And when Ned tries to close the portal to get them out of the battle, it will not close. Very convenient. Uh, as the lizard rises up from the river and clambers up the statue. Uh, and as Andrew dodges more lightning because Max doesn't feel like talking. We get Tobey Maguire uh, with the fucking amazing lizard clinging to him, which is just like it's like me. It's like a kid playing with action figures. This this sequence, it's, you've got the lizard from Amazing fighting Raimi Maguire. I, I literally talked about this in my review that I wrote of, uh, the, again, The Rise of Skywalker, how the worst parts of that movie feel like a, a bad fan fiction. Uh, but like the best parts about this movie they also kind of feel like a fan fiction, but like in a good way where it's well, like, yeah, yes. I, I've said a few times, this feels like I wrote it. So that, that tracks yeah. it's, 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 it's almost very fan fiction. of like, Oh, it's Toby fighting, you know, a rice iPhones lizard. Yeah. A, a uh, Dr. Connors. That isn't the Dr. Connors we saw in his movies. It's, it's wow. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, there's a fucking lizard guy here. I gotta get this thing off of me. <laughs> he's got the lizard on him and he's asking Tom for the cure. But Flint Marco uh, grabs him in a giant sand hand. Yeah, they, keep, they keep calling each other Peter. They don't have a system yet. Yeah, right. They're they're super out of sync. They're not doing well. Uh, Tom accidentally clotheslines Andrew with a web, who, as he falls, accidentally blasts uh, a web into Toby's face. Uh, they're like we said. They're just they're not doing great. They're doing more harm to themselves than they are help to the enemies. Uh, they regroup to talk strategy for a minute as Flint like swirls around as a sandstorm, uh, which is where they assign their Peter one, two, three names, which I, you know, I feel like that's a miss. It's either a missed opportunity to not have Toby be one and Andrew be two, but, uh, you know, it works it's, whatever they okay. did. My, 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 my point is, uh, I lo- number one, I love this scene. I think it's great where they're talking about like how they're all working together in a team is like, I've worked in the team. I know what that's like. I don't want to brag, but I was in the Avengers and they're that's like, that's great. great. What, what is that? <laughs> is that a band? Are you in a band? Uh, I, you know, I, I was hoping against hope that there would be some little reference to, because we have Doctor Strange in a Spider-Man movie here, and of course in Spider-Man 2, uh, J. Jonah Jameson referenced God, You're pulling out Doctor the oldest Strange. shit. You're like, I want to re- reference everything. <laughs> I know, yeah, but like it was but, it was fun to have the idea of in the Raimi-verse, Doctor Strange is already taken. I was hoping there'd be something there with Toby being like, I know that name or something, but it's fine that we didn't get that. You can't nail them all. But uh, I, I actually kind of, I actually kind of love. Like I said, I love the scene where they're trying to get each, trying to get each other synced up. Uh, it, because again, it's all about this being at the core of it. Tom's movie because easily, easily, you could have done the thing that all the all the Raimi fanboys would have liked, where it's like 
uh, Toby should come in and show uh, Tom how it's really done uh, and make him the leader and make him call all the shots. Uh, but no, Tom is the one who's doing everything. This is Tom's movie. Tom is in control. He's Peter one, Peter two, Peter three. Uh, it's, it, it really reinforces that this is not a movie where these guys come in and derail everything. It's, yeah. it's still Tom's movie and you know, he's the one that it, it, it makes the most sense for him. Cause he's the one who's been in a team and they managed to be side characters without compromising. Like the fact that they are Peter Parker. They're not sidelined, but they're also not spotlit for too long. They serve exactly the purpose I think they were brought in for. Exactly. And I, also, I love the way that Andrew Garfield says, Peter 3! Mm-hmm. You're, like, you're like, she does jazz hands when he says it. Uh, it, it it's, it's phenomenal. It's great. Peter 3! Uh, yeah, neither, neither of the other Spider-Men are familiar with the concept of the Avengers. Uh, so they decide they need to trust their, their spider sense is what they need to do. They they need to work together, coordinate their attacks, focus on one guy in particular and trust one target at a time. Uh, Andrew says he loves them. Also, I also love that they doubled down on tingle because some people are also complaining about, uh, spider sense, but it's like, it's Peter single baby. That's what it's all about. That's that's where we are. It's fine. And, and loving memory of May Parker. It's now the Peter tingle. Bless up. Bless up. Uh, Andrew says that he loves them, the other two, who merely at the uh, same another, time say, thank you. Another great scene. I love you guys. Uh, God, they they mask back up and woohoo, all three of them back into the fray with the Giacchino score swelling in the moonlight, oh. uh, followed by this landing shot of Toby hitting the ground, followed by Andrew, followed by Tom. And just like it, it's it's not. It manages to be so cool without being pandery. Yeah, and they do a little move where, like, they web off of, like, Tom is in the middle and he jumps through, and then they start webbing off of Tom's body to get more momentum. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's sick as fuck. And also, it, we talked about in the music, there's also little bits within this final section where they incorporate, uh, like, they incorporate the the theme song from The Amazing Spider-Man 1 that uh-huh. I think it's called, like, Promises. Uh, and then they also incorporate the responsibility theme from... Uh, the, the Danny Elfman Raimi movies and oh, mm-hmm. it's it's so good. It's There's so good. There's a moment later with uh, Peter and Doc Ock like towards the end of this where that theme reprises. You get that like whining French horn and I was just like, oh, oh God. It's like, yes, yes. Oh, fuck. Uh, they fight. Michael Giacchino was busy. He's doing Batman too. God, he does fucking everything. He He's he's done a few Star Wars. I know he did Rogue One. Uh, he's done he's a few lost. MCU things. He's, he he's incredible. He's fucking place. He's I don't I don't want to call anyone like John Williams quality, but like he's out there like Williams was. He is fucking out there. He's he works doing, almost as hard work. as Ludwig Göransson, dude. They're they're It's a good day to be a composer. Exactly. Fucking, Jesus Christ. When are we going to get uh, Trent Reznor in the MCU scoring something? Hopefully <laughs> never, because then Nine Inch Nails fans will get even more insufferable than they already are about him doing mainstream work. But whatever. <laughs> It'd be really funny. I wanted I wanted to do like Moon Knight just for just for oh, shits and giggles. Fuck. No, he's not. See, the monkey's paw is gonna curl in, and it's announced he's gonna be doing Morbius. Oh no! <laughs> God, he's doing, not he's even. doing Venom Venom three, V three N O M coming next summer. Fuck off. They they fight hard, uh, deciding to f- handle the Sandman first, with Toby leading him to the top of the statue. Uh, the lizard works on Andrew in the meantime, and they volley and toss the cure back and forth, uh, with Toby pleading with Flint that they're trying to help him, as Flint begins to drown him in sand at the top of the statue in her little hat. 
Uh, Andrew subdues the lizard and uh, gets the vial to Tom, who then tosses it into Toby's hand, which he then opens and it like it, it does like the reverse of the experiment. It's like got the same sound effect. It's like a little word. Yeah, it's, it's like a. It's like that uh, in in the in Dune when they had the little sand digger thing, the flashlight that pushes yeah, out exactly. the sand. It's like that, except it makes it's, him a, a guy again. It's a particle D accelerator, and it, it slows Marco into stock footage from Spider Man Three. No God, I can't, I can't. I can't. I will never be able to watch this movie the same way again before I realize that's stock footage. Yeah, and it's the same when when the lizard gets cured. Uh, it's the same like footage of naked Reese Fawns like sitting on the edge of the Oscorp building, like looking up at the sky. Yeah, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> his, di- his dick is out. <laughs> There's a lot of this is probably the most dick in the Spider-Man movie per capita between like naked Electro, uh, naked Lizard. Yeah, probably uh, around the old web shooter. The most they, main cock in the Spider-Man film. They determine that they need to get the arc reactor off of Electro's chest to contain his power. So they come up with an angle of attack to web crucify him, which fails. Oh, uh, he then suspends Andrew in a lightning blast and knocks Tom aside. Uh, after that, the lizard hears MJ and Ned above him and moves in on them through their portal, with Tom very close behind him trying to save his friends, with a very quick and dirty fight all across the lab as they run in and out of the portal. Uh, Tom tries to slow Connors down with all three of them now back in the construction zone fight, which is when Doc Ock makes his entrance, uh, apparently evil again, uh, but he revolver ocelots uh, on the, you know, double agent thing and snatches, he snatches Electro in his claws and yanks the reactor off his chest and slaps the cure disc back in place, sapping Max Dillon of his energy and returning him to normal. Yeah, this was the one time I made like a vocal response to the uh the movie uh when i was in the theater the first time i watched it i literally said when he did that i'm like he's on the side of good (laughs) (laughs) he's He's done it he's on the side of good i will not die a monster he won't Uh, die a monster mj snags the connor's cure and gives it to tom and just enough time for him to shove it into the lizard's mouth uh which also in turn reduces him to stock footage of reese fawns good god the stock footage juice Ned is able to finally successfully open a portal, calling in the very pissed off Dr. Stephen Strange, who tells us he's been dangling over the Grand Canyon for 12 hours. Poor guy. Don't rock. Uh, He's very surprised to see Peter's plan actually working. Uh, From there, we see Andrew checking in on the now powerless Max, who says he's a nobody again. Doc Strange is also uh, impressed that Ned could open portals. Yeah, he's like, like, "Hmm, how'd you do that? So I guess we'll be getting Ned Leeds in the Multiverse of Madness at some Ned point. Ned Leeds, wizard man. Dude's rock. Uh, a- Andrew begs to differ that Max is not a nobody, and Max confesses that due to various factors, he always imagined that Spider-Man was black, which Andrew <laughs> apologizes for. Yeah, Andrew's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like the defeated tone in his voice, because, you know, from the experience we have, it's not the best written story, but you know he feels, like, sorry for Max and for the things Max has been through. And and to take away that last bit of hope that Max had, little Spider-Man loving Max, to, to reveal at the end of the day that he's literally like the whitest guy on the planet, Andrew Garfield. It, it's oh, I'm, just so, such, I'm sorry. That's the real defeat right there. But it, hey, it, it, it turns it turns Andrew into like such a, such a sad boy. He's like, oh man, not again. I keep disappointing people. But uh, as as they say, there there's got to be a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. 
every time in both even in the second one where there was less of a, a pop off every time that line was said people were like yes oh <laughs> there there's is got, a black spider-man be, yeah <laughs> there's gotta be a black spider-man somewhere uh, out there somewhere Otto remarks about the power of the sun in the palm of his hand, or rather, yeah, just the power of the sun, with Toby finishing the sentence as that Raimi theme swells. And this is the moment where I was oh. like, oh, God, like, you know, I felt it when when Toby first showed up. But when he's having this moment of like grown, wizened Toby unmasking and meeting Otto and like you can just hear in Otto's voice, Peter, my boy, you're you're all grown up. And Peter's oh. just trying to do better, trying like, to do just, better. Like, it, it's it it that's Spider-Man Four. That's all you need is Peter that, making nice with the ghost of 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 Doc Ock. Good that's Doc what Spider-Man Ock. is all about, baby. He's trying to do better. Strange uh, yells at Peter and then is amazed at the multiple Spider-Man before him. Yeah, Tom, really. Tom is like, "This is Peter Parker, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Spider-Man." <laughs> that's really convenient. You guys all had the same idea for the costume, I guess. Uh, that is when. Norman, uh, the Green Goblin, makes his grand entrance. Did Spider-Man come out to play? Yeah. Oh, God, it's fucking great. Uh, He steals the magic cube and allows it to be taken back with a pumpkin bomb in it. Yeah, with a fucking bomb in the the spell box. Which explodes and casts the new Captain America shield on the statue to the ground. And also, Which you not, know, and, and also, you know, fucks up the spell and makes it fly out. And yeah, you know, do the old weird spell shit. rings moving. But it also knocks MJ aside. <gasps> Tom leaps to save her as the sound deafens out again. I really love those like audio cues that they're using here where like when shit gets real, he just like goes deaf kind of. It, it's 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 awesome. Uh, as he's as he flies down to try to grab MJ. Uh, he is collided in midair with the glider, which is really fucking lucky he didn't get hit with the blades. Uh, and it carts him off, leaving MJ to plummet further and further and further until Andrew sees this, dives, catches her, not webs her, embracing her and webbing down safely to the ground. Uh, uh, the, and, and, my fir- and my first showing when that scene happened, there was literally a guy who yelled, Andrew! Mm-hmm. It was yeah, so... Mean, like, uh, MJ falling was in the trailers and I feel like a lot of people like filled that gap in in their head, but it's really great to see it actually be the case. Uh, MJ like pants in relief down there and Andrew is like absolutely choked. He's crying. Up. He's, he's fucked up. And she's like, are you OK? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah I'm, fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. He did uh, it. He did it. Fucking immersion therapy as fuck. No more PTSD. You saved him. Strange attempts to contain the unboxed spell, but it's fully broken free. Uh, meanwhile, the cape saves Ned from a similar falling death and uh, takes him down. He thanks the cape and hugs MJ. Uh, the new giant Captain America shield rolls over to the shore and settles a little, you know, arena for the future. The spell causes rifts in space time and reality to crack open. And despite his efforts, Doctor Strange cannot seal them all. Uh, Tom digs into the goblin's bomb reservoir on the front of his glider, pulls one, arms it, and rams it back into the glider, which explodes and plummets him and Norman to the ground. A lot of thumping, a lot of rolling and flying. Uh, when they both settle very, like, you know, ragdolly onto the shield below after a huge fall. Tom gets up, Norman kind of sits up on his knees, and Tom just begins fucking 
annihilating Norman Osborn. He Osborne. beats the fuck Every out of him. him. He, like, even more so than the scene I talked about earlier in the hallway, he, he fucking, no, no pulled punches, no anything, just absolute fucking full-on rage. The, hard, the hardest scene in this whole movie is when Tom is, like, beating the fuck out of him, like, giving him, like, 20, like, haymakers right to the face, and then Norman's just like, <laughs> Norman is it's, the entire time like without he's so a evil beat, he's so he's, evil he's taunting him repeatedly about his inability to save him and cure him like, uh, couldn't, you couldn't save me and now your aunt is dead you shithead Norman unsheathes his like doom slayer arm blade which is like way sicker looking than it was in the Raimi it's movies awesome. it's not they, a it's not a dumbass trident he pulls out of nowhere they're gonna have a hell of a time uh they they go back and forth uh, with Tom landing a lot of face blows, he, like, flips Norman over at points. And the other Peters uh, see this from a distance and move in to intervene. And after another series of just devastating face blows, Tom walks over and j- just starts dragging Norman's glider over slowly. Like, yeah, he's eyes... about to fucking pet stab him in the face with his own glider. He's, like, eye contact locked in with Norman, and, like, his body is pointed the other way as he's, like, dragging the glider, like, Jesus carrying the cross over to Norman. And he, he begins to raise it over his head, and he, he brings it down, and right before he can ram it into the Green Goblin and murder him, Toby Maguire steps in and prevents this, and they, they struggle silently. It's so good. Just him holding the glider back, doesn't say a goddamn word, he just looks at Tom. Toby is just looking at him and he's like, he's trying to stop him from making the same mistake that he did with the guy that killed Ben. He's like, this isn't going to help you, dude. It's mm-hmm. just, he's, it's just that look. It's yeah, so, so good. Over. We don't need a line. It's, it's Toby McGuire acting his face off. It's so great. And Tom gives and silently struggle lowers the glider a little bit, which is when Norman stabs Toby in the back. Oh and my God. I don't think my brain allowed me to ever think Toby was in any danger. I genuinely like, thought they were going to kill him. No, that's what everyone else said, too, is like, oh, no, I swear to God, he dies here. My brain literally wouldn't allow those synapses to fire off. I was like, no, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. I was in like a state of shock. I was like, they can't just bring back Toby and kill him right in front of me after this fucking these last two hours we've been through together. Uh, Toby hits the ground and uh, Tom and Andrew are in shock. Osborne chides Tom that while Tom, while the goblin may have struck the blow, Peter killed his aunt. Uh, in that moment, instead of murdering him, Andrew tosses Tom the vial and Tom just stabs Norman right in the neck with it, hearing him of his goblinitis. And we get a quick <laughs> little goblinitis. We get a quick little, oh, good Lord, what have I done moment? Again, more great, like just face acting. You can see uh, Willem's like compl- his facial expression completely change. Yeah. You can just, see Norman just, emerge from behind, from behind yeah, the goblin. Everything everything just softens on him, and he's like, "What have I done?" And, it's like, and what yeah. I really love is that no one explains what he's done, and he just goes back home without any more conversation. <laughs> he's gonna be so fucking confused. Um, but whatever. Uh, Toby pants, you know, hurting, and Andrew arrives and scoops him up. Toby says he's been stabbed before. Uh, yeah, he's like, "I've been stabbed it. before. I'm fine." Uh, they notice the cracks in the sky getting worse. Toby's like, am I dying or is that happening? We get little <laughs> silhouettes of like comic Craven and comic Rhino up in I the saw, I saw Rhino. I didn't cool. see Craven. I saw Rhino. I, Craven I saw on my first watch. I actually saw them both on the first watch, but Craven is definitely there. It's his like 
He's wearing his, it's just a silhouette, of course, but he's, you can make out the goofy, like, lion thing on him, and uh, there's definitely yeah, a spear. Best. It's very visibly Craven. Uh, the rhino is more identifiable, I think. I haven't yeah. seen anybody else be able to point out any others, but I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was wondering in the, if in the fun fact section you had something. All I've been able to divine myself and from the internet is Craven and the Rhino, but there has to be more. This movie is barely out a week. I'm sure we'll hear all about it soon. Uh, Strange is struggling to close up the rifts, even with his little, you know, meager spell abilities that he's shooting up at him. And little Tom has this moment of growth and decides, I'm strange, you need to cast the spell to make everyone forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Yeah, no, 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 it's different, because he's like, the 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 spell won't, the, doing the spell yeah. that makes everybody forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, that won't work. So that, that, yeah, that spell won't work. So he's like, what if they all forget who Peter Parker is? Yeah, that, that, that is so much heavier and so much like more. Yeah. And even like, Dr. Strange is like everybody, everybody who cares about you, they'll all forget who you are. It's like, you know, it'll, it'll be as if you never existed, which is fucking rough, but it's the only way. And it's, like, it's, it's, it's fucking Peter making the ultimate sacrifice. It's like, absolutely. it's so good. It's, it's, it's one more day, but, uh, but good. It's, it's like, it's, it's instead of, instead of comic one more day, which turns Peter into a man child, uh, this one more day turns him into a man. Yeah, no, uh, I, I'm going to talk more about this once we get to like the end of the actual synopsis. But like, it's very fair to say that, like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to save it for when we get there because I want to get there. Uh, Strange obliges him and tells him to go say his goodbyes. No more. Call me, sir. You know, a little see you around moment. I half expect him to say, no, you won't. But <laughs> whatever. Uh, Tom goes down to the other Spider-Men, thanking them for their service and embracing them. They know it's what they do. Our final little spider trio moment. And it's that that hug is just so great to me. I know a lot of people are going to say the same thing, but like it's it's so good. It is a physical representation of the road that led us here. Like it's a physical representation of one phrase. We them boys. People have a tendency. We're making noise. People have a tendency to to elevate Toby on a pedestal and not find yes. any shortcomings with his performance, despite the fact that there are lots of them. And uh, people love to shit on Andrew. And it's just so great. And, and people especially love to pick apart Tom as like not a real Spider-Man or like lacking in some kind of department of the character. But to have yeah. all three of these goddamn legends on the screen just praising each other and recognizing that they are all valid Spider-Men is it's, it's, it's It's a quality. It's a quality. It it easily could be masturbatory. It easily could be just Disney printing money because they know stupid nerds are going to come see Spider-Man, see Spider-Man, see Spider-Man. Absolutely. It isn't that Uh, I I say that as detached from like the Funko pop part of the internet as I can. It, it, it It just feels different than that. It feels so different than that. If you it, had it feels Christ. much more like a it feels much more like a Spider-Verse type celebration of Spider-Man as a character. It's it so feels, good. It feels to me that if you had gripes with the direction of the character in Homecoming and Far From Home, which if you did have those gripes, it's probably because you didn't understand it. But even with that said, from my, you know, my shitty, you know, cynical perspective removed, if you had gripes with those movies, this absolutely should undo them because none of the complaints you had in the past should be valid anymore at this point. Yeah, uh, it's He's an essentially well, an entirely different character now. I, I, well, I'm going to talk about this in the overall thoughts, but let's continue. Yeah, of course. 
Tom uh, goes to meet with MJ and Ned, having departed the other Spider-Man. We get one little, you know, joke moment where Toby's like, I'm in, Andrew's like, you're in pain, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm in a lot of pain. Just <laughs> so much. Uh, Tom heads up to meet with MJ and Ned, hugs him tightly, checks on him, sees a little head wound on MJ that he inspects, but she says it's going to be fine. Another great moment. They're so good in this movie. And he immediately is like, hey, I know you said not to, but uh, I did more Doctor Strange magic bullshit. You're going to forget everyone, who I am. Everyone is going to forget me, including you. You're not going to remember anything about me. Uh, but he promises to come and find MJ, and she she begs him to have some kind of plan. And, uh, you know, there's got to be a way to fix this. Uh, Ned also makes him promise to come find them, and they exchange one more of their, like, secret handshakes that we've seen throughout the film so many times. Yep. A little Ned and Peter secret handshake. Uh MJ and Peter embrace for the final time with her saying that she loves Peter. But before he can say it back, she tells him to find her in this new world and tell her there. This new Wait. world. This brand new day. Hmm. What if? They they kiss for the final time in an eclipse of the sun uh, with their heads as Strange casts the spell and seals the rifts with all of the villains and Otto fading back into their respective timelines once again with a little, you know, flash of light, followed by Andrew and Toby, like, piecing out each other. Uh, Peter backs away from MJ and watches the world around them is bathed in the light of Strange's magic and becomes a world where he is by himself. Uh, we, we, we get a little fade out to a few weeks later with J. Jonah Jameson reporting that people still consider Spider-Man a hero, despite the fact that he conceals his secret identity and his penchant for mask wearing. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's like all of Spider-Man's spider cultists. Us. <laughs> exactly. uh, as uh, snow is falling around Christmas time, uh, Peter rehearses a letter he has written to MJ to explain everything as he's walking to her bakery job that she still has. Uh, he enters and she seems to greet him and a little like an MJ getting a Grammy wave, but it's not a wave at me kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I thought of that too. And MJ is still wearing the necklace that Peter gave her, even though yeah, I I noticed that throughout the movie. Actually, it's a, it's the broken black it, dahlia necklace. Thing. Yeah, it 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 made me think uh, of kind of like at, in One More Day, the comic uh, where uh, the, the Mephisto says that they'll have some sort of vague memory that they know and each that's, other. That's the best part to him is that some little part of them will always recognize that something is off here, but not enough to like do anything about it. Yeah, I, I think I think that's what it is. Like she still wears it because she knows it's important, but she doesn't quite remember who gave it to her. Yep. Uh, he enters and she seems to greet him, but it's actually Ned who she's waving at. Uh, Peter introduces himself, but when he begins to, you know, go on, uh, he ends up just ordering a coffee from MJ, who clearly doesn't recognize him. Uh, Peter Parker and I would really like a coffee. And I'm a creep who stammers and I, uh, what, huh? Who are you? Pretty lady. Toby has, uh, Toby has rubbed off on him. It's too much. M MJ and Ned uh, talk about their upcoming Boston adventures with Ned glued to his phone the entire time while Peter stares at him, a stranger in a coffee shop staring him down. He strikes up a little conversation with MJ, having overheard about MIT. And he, uh, she starts her little disappointment statement, but he finishes it for her, which surprises her. He looks to be on the edge of tears and takes his coffee and shoves the letter away when he kind of misses his opportunity to talk to her. 
he sees the healing head wound and he feels like, okay, I've, I've been here long enough. I've creeped her out enough. And he decides to slink back into the cold, back to the world where he's a stranger to everybody. I think I think him slipping that letter away is not him being like, it's too late. I can't talk to her now. I think it's him realizing that he just needs to take it slow and not yeah. be like, hey, I'm your boyfriend, but you don't remember me. Uh, I, I more so just meant in that moment, like he tries to say something and she's like looking down. And he's like, OK, beefed it. Not now. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's him sitting there like, yeah, you know, I'll just I'm just going to I'm just going to take it slow. Uh, so he, he says he's going to see MJ around and goes to visit his Aunt May's grave just to find Happy Hogan there behind him once he's there for a while. And there's there's a little moment where there's this like pregnant pause of like, what's Happy going to say? Does Happy remember him? But he just asks, how did you know May? Peter says they met through Spider-Man and Happy talks about how he felt when Tony died and and, you know, the, the trauma that comes with that kind of thing. He doesn't name drop Tony. He says he had a friend that died recently and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Peter, and he, and, he, and he says and he says that he wonders, uh, you know, if they stood for something that if they're gone, does that even matter anymore? Yeah. It's it's all really poignant. This it's it's real like settling in type stuff. Yeah. Peter parts from this. And we find him at his first little shitty apartment on his own. Rent is due on the first. Don't be late. Peter. Peter's got a Peter unboxes all of his shit. Box he's got the li- he's, he's got the little uh, Lego uh, Emperor Palpatine uh, mm-hmm. that uh, Ned gave him in uh, Homecoming. He's also got a a box a book for his uh, taking his GED because he didn't yeah, graduate from high school. That is the most depressing part of the movie to me is that science whiz Peter Parker. Not just he doesn't get to go to MIT. He doesn't get to fucking graduate high school. No, he doesn't get to graduate from his from his actually pretty nice uh, science high yeah. school. He has to go get his GED now. But that means he gets out of school six months sooner than everybody else. If he passes it in December. So that's who true. Was the real winner. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. We see a sewing machine and some fabric that definitely came from Joanne uh, revealing a new and phenomenal Spider-Man outfit. We also get to see that we also get to pan in on that little coffee cup that says we are happy to serve you. It's it's sweet. Yeah, that's what it's all about, baby. The suit is incredibly comic accurate. It borrows a lot. It's really Ramita to me more than it is like Ditko. Yeah, I think um, I think I'm still waiting on actual good pictures of it before I sure. make a final judgment. Uh, because you know all we have is blurry fo- like cam rip photos. Uh, right. There's no there's no art out for it yet. Uh, because the, you know the movie just came out. I I hope Hot Toys makes a toy out of it because it'd be fucking sick as hell. Because I have a Hot Toys Mysterio and he looks great. Uh, I'm still waiting for them to announce a Far from a No Way Home art book. That'd be sick as fuck, so I can see it. Uh, the, but it yeah. looks. It looks really good. Uh, part of me misses that sort of more geometric design that I have. Uh, but, uh, and you know, I always talked about how I love the the homecoming suit with the, the black lines and everything. But this is more of a, this is both a classical return to form, but also an evolution of that design that I think, it's a yeah. nice synthesis of those two. And you know, it, Ryan Minerding, the god, knocks it out of the park once again. It, it the blue is like a metallic blue almost. Yes, it's shiny, which is um, there's a figure I love to death that I don't have that I'm gonna get one day. Mafex makes a really great '90s comic Spider-Man, uh, and there's two variants of it where the first one has that like metallic blue legging. It's like a I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's a very powdery light blue. It's like a like an electric blue. Um, 
but they also make a variant where it's more like comic panel shaded where it's got that like black wash on it. Yeah, I, I the... love that blue, that blue, blue, blue more than like the deep blue you see a lot on it. And I my always... opinion, it's got to be that shiny blue or it's got to be black. And I, I always I suit. always, always love the, the, the versions of Spider-Man where they have uh, where it's basically just black, but they have blue highlights. Yeah, and they can't really yeah. they can't. It's, it's it basically impossible to do that in real life unless you do CGI shit. Right. Uh, but having that bright, shiny, metallic blue, uh, again, I can't wait till I see an actual photo. It's a great evolution of the costume. And, and Sadly, other... we don't we don't get a back tick. We've lost the back tick. Rest yep. in peace. Surprised it lasted as long as it did. Uh, but you know, it's it's a great it's a it's a it's the eyes. It's the eyes. It's always yeah, going to be the it, eyes. It ushers in a whole like new the era. eyes are perfect. It's. Uh... It, it's a lot of things. It ushers in a brand new era and it's the news. It's fantastic. It's great. Another minor ding banger again. Uh, and then yeah, the movie's sure. over. Yeah. He, he swings past a fully lit like New York Christmas tree and we get a lot of snowy street stuff out in the night, which takes us right into Della soul over this, fu- another fucking phenomenal, another great animated, animated credit sequence. What, that's one of my favorite things when I go into these new Spider-Man movies, I'm like, Hmm, which song are they going to use for the end? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the magic Three number by the last magic oh, number. One. Oh my magic god. Number. It's so fucking good. Final credit I want to state is given to Andrew and Toby. Yes, just to see the credits at the end where it's like with Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire and I'm like, yes. You're yes. goddamn right it is. Um what I wanted to say about this movie before we get to the credits and the post credits and the blah blah blah. Uh I I know this is not a new opinion and it's not a very controversial one either. A lot of times people praise this this Spider-Man for not, you know, for skipping the origin story. And then they also criticize the first two movies for the various, you know, like whatever uh, fallacy argument they have for why those movies suck. This movie kind of proved that those movies portrayed things the way they did and made the choices they did, because we've essentially whether whether you see it this way or not, we've kind of been given a three movie origin story for the character. Almost. Almost. Um, it, it took a road to get here. We were introduced to the character a certain way with the Stark tech and like the, and the, the idea of him quote unquote needing a mentor at the beginning, but at the end of far from home or rather no way home. Sorry. Um, we are left with a Spider-Man who has a secret identity, who has nobody in his life that he can share it with in a shitty little apartment with a suit with ambiguously no tech they don't really specify what happened to the iron spider suit or the integrated suit or any of that my 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 guess is that you know none of that technology recognizes him anymore that would be my guess too because edith you know every time he logged in oh peter parker recognized so yeah he's probably not able to use that shit anymore at most he can maybe get those expressive eyes out of the mask and slap them into his new one but like yeah it's 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 a combination of of both it's a it's a new beginning, but it's also it, it's an evolution of what we've had of yeah. the other Spider-Man movies, but it's also a return to form. It's both. If you didn't like the first two, that's on you. But also with that said, this third one transforms everything into a universe that you're probably going to be more suited into enjoying going into these things in the future. It, yes. it opens the door to a brand new era of Spider-Man, which is essentially the beginning. He's Spider-Man now. And again, I'm interested in seeing where uh, that animated series goes. Uh, yeah, I, I want. I want considering that it like exists in a, a totally different world now, a pre everybody forgot Peter is Peter world. 
yes, it's 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 going to tell the origin story, and it's going to be. I'm I'm interested to see what they do with that. Uh, like like I said before, I think that I I, I think they're eventually going to get around to doing something with Ben. I think Ben is still exists. Yeah, they can't I'm still resist hold, it. I'm still holding out on that one little bit, uh, but you know we'll see. We'll see how that works out. We sure the fuck will. And there's also, you know, the post credit scene, the one so, that matters. There's a second yeah. one, but that doesn't really matter. Before we get to the post credits and the mid credits, does the Avia Rad thing come up first or the credit scene? Uh, I don't remember. In the, my the, the mid credit scene comes up and then the okay. Avia Rad thing. So we'll talk about them in order. The mid credit scene is in Mexico, where a universe displaced Eddie Brock, Tom Eddie Hardy. Brock. Eddie Brock, who was universe displaced from the post credits of Let There Be Carnage, a movie I mm-hmm. didn't see because I because I actually love myself. I immediately messaged Lex when that leaked, like the post credit scene. I was like, yes. you're not going to see Venom, right? Can I spoil anything? And you were like, I don't care. So I just chose not to tell you. I was like, he'll find out. I'm not going to be the one to tell him. <laughs> I did find out. I did find out eventually. I didn't have it in me to be the one to tell you. Um, but yeah, Eddie Brock, universe displaced, is with his symbiote, Venom getting wasted at a bar and dissecting some of the funnier aspects of the MCU. But before he can like get this thought out, he's he's whooshed back to his own universe with Peter Parker. Forget me now magic. Mm-hmm. And it's revealed that a tiny little dollop of the symbiote has been left behind. A, pe- a piece of art of Vegemite has been left behind a little a, a poop smear on the table is still there. And our film ends. Uh, we get a little more credits. Uh, literally a paragraph scrolls by that says like we want to give thanks to Avia oh I have it written down sorry the filmmakers want to pay tribute to the original true believer Avia Rad whose vision led these iconic characters to the screen uh I literally I literally sat up in my seat this sounds embarrassing when it comes out of my mouth I flipped the screen off with both hands and yelled "Fuck fuck you uh how I, embarrassing yeah well for me or for avi <laughs> for you yeah well i'm still I, I i i felt fine after doing it I, I just i just saw that and like laughed i'm like oh I, avi you card he, you got he, in there again and make sure you thank me in the credits i want a paragraph where you call me the original true believer I just, I just, I just look at, over yourself. I just, I just look at Avi like he's like a little rascal that I have to chase around. Like, oh, Avi, you character. Uh, it, it, uh, it's, it's just so self. Uh, I don't know. I hated it. But after that, we get our uh, a teaser trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Some shit happens in it. I'm not going to talk all about it because Spider Man's not in it. But uh, who cares? It's it's Sam Raimi making Doctor Strange. See it if you care. But that is Spider-Man and the No Way Home. And the No Way Home. This is easily going to be the long. I think this is easily. We've already oh, we've, over three. We've, we've already been talking for three hours straight. And I we've don't blown past like the three hour mark. It's, That's fine. It's, this is the longest episode of the podcast. We don't care. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Alex, what are your fu- what are your fun facts for Spider-Man and the No Way Home? I- I've got a few fun facts, mostly just because there was a lot happening behind the scenes here. Uh, they're kind of all over the place, so I don't really have these like grouped in anything like, you know, that would make groupings. But, you know, it's fun. We got a lot here. Uh, the film came out just a few days before the 60th anniversary of the Spider-Man franchise the 20th anniversary of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and the 10th anniversary of the amazing Spider-Man. So it's, it's a bit of a, a, you know, planets aligning type thing here. 
good timing to release it. Uh, like in the original Spider-Man movie, as we discussed, Norman <laughs> Willem Dafoe was only willing to reprise his role on the condition that he still be allowed to perform the majority of his own stunts. He also wore prosthetic teeth as Norman Osborn and showed his real teeth for the Green Goblin. Yes! Uh, which he also did in the Raimi films. Uh, this is his fourth time portraying Norman Osborn in the Goblin, uh, if you count his cameo appearances. He, God, bless uh, God bless him. His little speech about, uh, m- you know, mocking uh, about no good deed going unpunished is essentially the same thing as his in spite of everything you've done lecture. So, like, he's he's really one track, one note, but uh, it's good stuff. We love him for it. To preserve the secrecy of the film's production and to prevent his appearance from being leaked, Willem walked around the set wearing a cloak to cover his costume. <laughs> Tom Holland accidentally bumped into him while cloaked, and that is how they met. He had not <laughs> met Willem Dafoe yet. Walking around like a vampire. Fucking spooky. Um, the idea of Norman having bouts of amnesia to completely separate himself from the goblin identity is something that goes back all the way to the earliest goblin stories, but it was also a frequent device on Spider-Man and his amazing friends, uh, the 1981 Mm -hmm. cartoon. Uh, this film marks the only, the first and only MCU trilogy to be directed by the same director. Uh, the Iron Man trilogy, all the Avengers movies and Captain America trilogies have only had two consistent directors throughout the trilogy. God bless John Watts. Go John Watts. Godspeed. We're going to miss you, King. Fly high. And I have an idea there as well. He's not dead. He's just directing Fantastic Four. (laughs) This is less trivia and more just my own idea. There's an easy way for them to shoehorn Spider-Man into this John Watts Fantastic Four, considering one of like the first, like the first issue is Spider-Man. Yeah, there absolutely could be a Spider-Man cameo. So, you know, John, if you you love us. We're going to see the fucking human torch Spider-Man relationship. on. Oh, screen. my God. I please. I'm going to come. Um, pants. <laughs> I think you've said that like every episode this like last four or five episodes. Oh, <laughs> uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland helped save this movie from cancellation by forcing renegotiations between Sony and Disney. Dude, rock. Uh, under the terms of the new deal, not only does Spider-Man No Way Home still take place in the greater MCU. But Spider-Man can also appear in future MCU movies, as well as Sony's own Spider-Man franchise. And they just confirmed a few, I want to say a few weeks ago, or uh, earlier this week or something. They confirmed it pretty recently that they're making three more MCU Spider-Man movies. It's happening. So let's go, question mark? Let's go. Nicholas Hammond, who played Peter Parker and Spider-Man in The Amazing Spider-Man 1977, was considered for a tongue-in-cheek cameo role, but it was cut <sighs> due to concerns about the length of the film. <sighs> I, read, I read he said he wasn't even contacted, so it never made it past that like visualization stage. But how great would it be for this portal to just close on him and he's not in the movie? Nah, sorry, we want the other ones. If, if, if they hadn't done a, a, a Multiverse of Madness post-credits... Uh, it would have been fucking <laughs> awesome to have to have like this old man Spider Man is just like a portal. Let me oh, the aged seventies oh. Nick Hammond just walking. No, the not not twenty twenty one. Just going. What the fuck is going on? Not de aged. I want him completely like an old man. <laughs> He's, He's just like, been oh, Spider Man oh, for fifty oh, years. Oh oh okay. <laughs> uh, Tom Holland began filming this movie just two days after wrapping Uncharted. However, No Way Home will release first. Good God. The, the, the fucking uh, the energy in this kid. Uh, the address of the Sanctum Santorum is 177A Bleecker Street. 
Uh, and Spider-Man 2, 2004, the pizza place, uh, Joe's Pizza, is at 233 Bleecker Street, less than one block away. Go! <laughs> Doctor Strange needs a deep dish anchovy right now. Good God. Uh, just before Strange chases Peter into the mirror dimension, he runs past a newsstand selling copies of People magazine. The current issue features an exclusive interview with Liz Toomes regarding Peter's outing. I, I, okay, so the second time I saw this movie, I saw a picture of Liz on the magazine. I, I, it was too fast to read the text. So I was like, oh, yeah. shit. He's got a tell-all interview with People magazine. Uh, Jacob Batalon, who plays Ned, lost a staggering 102 pounds in between Far From Home and this movie. Uh, indicating that shedding the light was a life weight was a lifestyle choice. Dude's so, rock. Fucking congratulations, Jacob, if you're out there listening. You look great. Dude's rock. Uh, Tom Holland's you. little brother, Harry, was supposed to cameo as a drug dealer in this movie, which he did in Tom Holland's yes. other movie, Cherry, uh, this year. But before the film was released, uh, the scene was cut. I think, I want to say, I think that's the scene where he gets paint thrown on him. Because it looks like that yeah, same could street be. could be uh, like it would have you stopped the criminal and then a guy comes over and throws paint on him. But they just cut uh, the rest of that scene and kept the paint thing. So the, the black and gold suit would make sense. Right. At the beginning of the movie, uh, when MJ is being mobbed by the Big Apple's curious public, Spider-Man swings in and saves the day. As they hurtle past the skyscrapers, we see a glimpse of uh, uh, Rogers the Musical billboard, uh, yes. which is an in-universe musical telling the events of the first Avengers movie. We it's first also in, see it's that, also in that Hawkeye show in Hawkeye where Clint Barton goes to Broadway to watch it. Continuity. Gotta love it. Uh, the shot of the highway has a sign uh, saying that traffic is leading to the George Washington Bridge, which we best know as the bridge where Gwen Stacy was killed in the comics. Actually, that highway itself in real life is also near the Queensboro Bridge, which is where the Green Goblin dropped Mary Jane in Spider-Man 2002. Oh, no. So, just don't go to a bridge if you're Spider-Man. Bridges are bad places to be. Uh, in the scene where uh, Peter Tom Holland is uh, walking up the stairway of school, there's a mural of famous scientists on the wall. And besides real life ones, you also see Howard Stark, Dr. Hank Pym, and Dr. Abraham Erskine. Uh, just little headshots of John Slattery, Michael Douglas, and Stanley Tucci. So, Tucci. you know. Uh, while on the roof, we do see that uh, Ditko tag, which, as we mentioned, also appears on the feast truck. Uh, love any and all references to Steve Ditko. Gotta gotta remember he's there, too. Shout out, Steve. Bless up. Uh, on February 23rd of this year, 2021, Tom Holland, Jacob Batalon, and Zendaya all posted images from the film, along with three fake titles on Instagram. Holland titling it Spider-Man Phone Home, Batalon titling it Spider-Man Home Wrecker, and Zendaya titling it Spider-Man Home Slice. All of these titles uh, had the word home, you know, riffing on the previous movies. And the next day, John Watts uh, released a video of Tom Holland walking out of his office uh, with the actual title on a whiteboard. So, you know, there was uh, I remember all of this. There was a lot of, I remember uh, that. you know, oh, God, what the fuck is this movie going to be called in the days before we found out? Uh, this is Spider-Man the, 3 back then. <laughs> this is the 27th film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh my god, there's that's too many barely, of them. That's barely trivia, but I wanted it to be known. Uh, there's, the, there's, said, there's 27 of these movies, and there's like five of them that I would watch again. Yeah, I, I, can, I can sound that, and three of them have Spider-Man in the title. Yes. Uh, this is the fourth longest film in the MCU behind... Uh, it's, it's two hours 28. 
Behind Endgame at number one, which is three hours, Eternals at two hours 37, and Infinity War at two hours 29. Uh, Infinity War being one minute longer than this movie. It's the longest solo, uh, not only Spider-Man, but Marvel hero film. No, no one else gets this much time, and I'm very thankful oh, yeah. for that. Ned wonders aloud uh, whether there's other Neds out there in parallel universes. Uh, of course, we know that in the comics, Ned Leeds is a Daily Bugle reporter that eventually becomes the Hobgoblin, which I really hope they can resist in this, because Ned does not need to be the Hobgoblin here. That'd be really funny if he was, though. During a Reddit Ask Me Anything session, Topher Grace, who played Eddie Brock in Venom in Spider-Man 3, was asked if he would be in this movie. Here is his response verbatim. Please keep it between us, but yes, I am in it. The plot starts with Peter Parker, Tom Holland, bummed that everyone knows his identity, and then some crazy shit happens with Doctor Strange and Doctor Octopus, Alfred Molina, comes to this dimension. Then Electro and the Green Goblin hop out of one of those energy circles, and they're like, it's spider stomping time. Then I pop out, and I battle them, and I win, obviously. It's not like an even fight. I just kick ass immediately. Not to give away too much, but there's also some actors from the original 70s Spider-Man show, Aquaman, Batman, Ben Affleck, not Michael Keaton, and thanks to Disney, Han Solo's ghost from Spider from Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, and Eve from Wally. -E. Again, please keep this between us. It fucking cracks me up. Um, Flash Thompson's book Flashpoint is uh, a lot of people are taking that as a dig at DC. Um, there was a similar thing in 2017 when Flash answers a question uh, during their little quiz bowl thing, and the teacher says, just because you're fast doesn't mean you're right. So interpret that how you will. Uh, J.K. Simmons enjoyed playing J. Jonah Jameson so much in the Raimi trilogy that he admitted to being heartbroken about not being able to revisit the character in a fourth movie, which I, I can say we probably all feel that way. Uh, naturally, when Marvel approached him to reprise his role in Homecoming's, uh, Stinger, yeah, sorry, Far From Home Stinger and this film, uh, he jumped at the chance, uh, with Simmons also expressing excitement and adapting Jameson to the modern day era, uh, to make up for the fact that he's bald now, Jameson and, or Simmons insisted on keeping Jameson's cigar and mustache in the film, not wanting all of the aspects of his previous character to be lost in the transition. I, I appreciate his, like, you know, dedication to the to the the cause, I guess. Uh, where am I past that? Wong is now the Sorcerer Supreme, as we talked about. Uh, it's the first time this has been outright explained. Uh, it does cause the mid credits and ending credits scene of Shang-Chi to make a little more sense. That's just what my trivia says from uh, where I sourced it. I still haven't seen Shang-Chi, so I couldn't tell you too much about that. In the, in the end credits of that. Uh, Wong just kind of shows up and says that he needs Shang-Chi's help. Uh, and then in the post credits, they end up like doing some research on the, the titular 10 rings. Well, there uh, you go. Just to see what's going on with that. So it makes sense that Wong shows up because he's now the Sorcerer Supreme instead yeah, yeah. of Doctor Strange. MJ works in a restaurant called the Peter Pan Donut and Pastry Shop. It's in the opening and closing of this movie, and it's a real place in Brooklyn, New York. However, as the movie was predominantly shot in Georgia, the production visited the real location, took extensive photographs of it, and built a reproduction of it for this shoot. The real staff at the Peter Pans of New York is thrilled that they are now a part of the MCU. 
Like like so, that like the pizza place in Spider Man yeah. Two. They're gonna have a yeah, giant sign that says "You saw us in Spider Man." They've they've moved since then, and they still have the giant sign up. I love it. Um, it's interesting that uh, Doc Ock and the other multiversal villains don't know that magic is real. While that while it doesn't necessarily mean magic doesn't exist in their respective universes, uh, J. Jonah Jameson, of course, makes an offhand reference to Doctor Strange in Spider Man Two. So who knows what's out there? Dennis Leary uh, was supposed Dennis. to appear in a planned flashback or dream sequence, but was unable to, uh, citing commitment to an unspecified TV shoot. Uh, so it was Dennis. written out of the script. But we almost got Dennis Leary in this movie, too. He's not alone. This is the first live action film role for Tobey Maguire since 2014 when he appeared in Pawn Sacrifice. Uh, he's done nothing but voice work since then, mostly in the Boss Baby franchise. Get your fucking bag, King. Secure it. Uh, this is the first film in o almost two years to earn more than a hundred million dollars at the box office in its opening weekend. Ooh. And you can you can thank me and Lex for that. <laughs> we did it all. We spent all our money. Yep, I, I'm I'm being evicted, but I've seen Spider-Man twelve times, I've seen uh, eighty million times. This is also the first MCU trilogy to premiere with a consistent regular period between films. Uh, two years in this case. This is what I love about trivia. It's real specific shit like this. Iron Man's trilogy broke the regular period of two years with the third part. There were two years between one and two, and then three years to the third. Uh, Captain America did the same thing, uh, not with an uneven split here, with three years between the first two, and then only two years between the others. Solid two years between Spider-Man across the board. Gotta love it. Consistency. Uh, for his appearance in this film, Alfred Molina was digitally de-aged, and his mechanical tentacles were unfortunately CGI as opposed to the uh, like Damn. physical puppets they would use and then CGI around in the Raimi. Tragic. Shoot. So we lost that, but what can you do? Um, Jamie Foxx and Willem Dafoe were very excited to play their respective villains again, with Foxx in particular pleased that he wasn't going to be blue this time. Alfred Molina <laughs> joked that he was only in it for the paycheck, but confirmed he liked the story before signing on. Um, the scene with Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock, of course, includes interactions with John Favreau, who we've already talked about is uh, Ben Affleck's Foggy Nelson in the 2003 Daredevil. Uh, when Peter and Norman have their first fight in the film, their blows cause pretty much an entire building to crumble beneath them. In What If, number 105, there's a very similar fight between Peter and Norman, uh, which ends up killing Norman and costing Peter a leg. So, Jesus. there's that. Uh, of oh, that's, course, the, that's the fucking, uh, the one where the uh, Spider-Girl. Oh, yeah, Spider -Girl yeah, yeah. Issue. that leads directly to it, yeah. What If 105. I forgot. What do you know? What do you know? As we've talked about a lot, parts of the plot uh, revolving around Spider-Man erasing his identity borrow from the 2010 comic arc one Moment in Time, and the 20, 2007 arc, One More Day, both written by Joe Quesada. However, major differences in this film uh, are that Aunt May stays dead, and instead of only one secret identity uh, being erased from most people, uh, everybody forgets Peter Parker, as opposed to like the marriage stuff. So, as we've said a lot, One More Day, but good, if you can yes. believe it. One More Day, but fit more fan servicey and good. It's interesting to note that it is not clear what happens to the arc reactor after Octavius takes it off of Electro. It's last seen in the palm of one of his tentacles before he has his little moment with Toby. So it's entirely possible that he took it to his reality, uh, fulfilling his dream of having the power of the sun in the palm of his hand. 
However, who knows? Tobey Maguire was 45 years old when he filmed his scenes, making him the oldest actor to portray Spider-Man or Peter Parker in a live-action project. Let's go. Uh, Michael Giacchino's score for the film includes nods and renditions of not only his themes for the previous two Spider-Man films and Doctor Strange, which he also scored, but for themes of the past Spider-Man films. Uh, James Horner and Danny Elfman's compositions feature heavily, uh, and while themes from Spider-Man 3 aren't used a lot, the same kind of horns used for Sandman's theme are heard in the climactic battle. We also get an echo of Mysterio's theme at the beginning of the film. So this is just jam-packed with, with shit like that if you're a music dork. There's, there's so many themes. Uh, this is the first time Aunt May has died in any Spider-Man film, as well as the first MCU Spider-Man project that does not end with a what the fuck. So that was a fun departure. <laughs> there you go. Uh, as we've already also no, mentioned, no, technically, though technically, uh, Far From Home didn't end with a fuck. Uh, true, that ended true. With, with them with Pete and MJ swinging around, and then it was the post credits that did it. Right, right. Well, either way, we didn't get that here. Get owned. We talked a lot already about Charlie Cox of uh, reprising his MCU canon Matt Murdock Daredevil role. This film premiered one day before the Hawkeye episode that teased uh, D'Onofrio returning as the Kingpin. But he's since, yeah, we, we've got D'Onofrio back as the Kingpin, who started <sighs> out as a Spider-Man villain, but has largely been a Daredevil foe. Uh, in the past, D'Onofrio has expressed interest in facing off against Spider-Man in a project. It's Lastly, be great. and I've been waiting to actually say this sentence forever, and it's, you know, we know this because we spent three and a half hours talking about it. But this is the first live-action Marvel movie to feature multiple actors from different franchises playing the same character from their respective movies together in one movie, with Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire sharing the role of Spider-Man. It's, it's, it's just so funny that there's three guys and they're all labeled as Peter Parker Spider-Man in the, in the credits. <laughs> oh, Peter, Peter. Uh, that's all the trivia I have, but like I mentioned, this is a little separate thing. There were a handful of things, me being me, I have not been able to shut the fuck up about this movie, and there's been like a million times I've turned to one of my partners and said, oh, I hope we get this. Oh, I hope we get that. Oh, I know we're going to get this. And I have a very short list of those things here. Like everybody else in the world, I kind of knew that they were going to have the web conversation. Yep. Um, a lot of people also speculated that Andrew was going to be the one to catch MJ, which I also echoed. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as like meme reprisals, I really did not want them to go overboard with the memes in this, but yeah. I directly, I remember myself saying, I want something of a scientist and I want my back. And we got both of those things. We got both of them. I had said, I wasn't sure if Aunt May was going to die. My call was going to be that somebody was, it was either going to be Aunt May or happy, but I did say, you know, Favreau started the MCU. I really don't think they're going to kill him off in the third Spider-Man. And they took May. Uh, lastly, uh, I wanted some really conditional things. I did want to see Charlie Cox play Matt Murdock, but I was explicitly like, I don't want him to be swinging around as Daredevil. I literally want him for maybe a minute and specifically as Peter's lawyer. And guess what we got? We got exactly that. Did you write this movie? I'm I'm a little worried I did in my sleep like the goblin, but I'm more worried because of the we're, last we're gonna, thing we're, I wanted. We're going to ha have to talk about Spider-Man 4, so uh, I, you can write it in your sleep and you can Please. I can get all the stuff I want in that movie. I You know, the, 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 the Charlie Cox thing is one thing. I had said a lot, you know, it wouldn't kill me if Venom in this is in this movie, but I want it to be like a Venom, because we're not going to get it unattached to Tom Hardy. They've put a lot of money into that. I just wish there was a way in this movie for a symbiote to be present without Tom Hardy and his Venom having to be present. 
like we're sitting in the theater, the Avia Rad thing just happened, and we're about to watch or You're whatever. Mad. We're about to watch this mid credits or whatever, however what order it happened in. And literally, I was saying, please don't be Venom. Please don't be Venom. Please don't be Venom. And we see Tom Hardy, and I'm like, fuck. He vanishes back to his universe. He leaves behind a speck of symbiote. And Nicola turned to me and went, Alex, what the fuck? Like, he literally pieced out of this universe and left behind some symbiote, leaving the door open for future Spider-Man Venom shit without... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. really having to rope in that universe fully, because oh that Venom God. has, like, a, a multiversal hive mind he's talked about. He, we, we don't need Tom Hardy in these movies to have Venom in these movies, and I'm so can, fucking jazzed about that. Can you even imagine how good it would be for to have a Tom Hardy... Not Tom Hardy. Uh, a Tom Holland uh, symbiote story? That'd be fucking sick as hell. I, I think that's where they're going with that tease, and it's exactly Ugh. what I wanted without, like, the gratuitous, like... It's no secret that we both don't like the Venom movies. I've only seen the first one, and I plan to keep I've it I've only seen the way. first one. I, I literally remember one. saying, how is there a movie with Venom and Carnage in the movie theater right now, and I don't want to see it? That's insane. But with that said, I got everything I wanted out of this movie. I, I, I didn't have, like, a list. I'm not that guy. But I did have things I said out loud to people. Wouldn't it be great if we got this? Wouldn't it be great if this happened? And not one of those things didn't happen. So I know it's not trivia, but that's, like, the Alex Roberts wish list that got checked off on every fucking box. I you did it. I I'm happy. I'm so happy. And that's everything I have to say. All right. Well, I guess it's time for our old friend, the ratings and the rankings. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, uh, I'll go first since you did Please a lot do. of talking. Please do. I need water. Uh, I, you know, when uh, when I first saw this movie, I, I had a lot of thoughts, and then I saw it again, and I had more thoughts, and I've been thinking a lot of thinking. Uh, I this is might be I think this is going to be my hottest take of all time. I've made a lot of hot takes, uh, but this might be the hottest one. Uh, this is the best Spider-Man movie ever made. Mm. Uh, better than Spider Verse. That is a hot one. I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking about best. I'm not talking about like best live action. No, best Spider-Man movie. I'm not. Not kidding. I have talked for a while about how I Tom Holland is closest is the closest to my sort of ideal Spider-Man, like the platonic ideal of what I would want a live action Spider-Man movie to be. But but by the end of this movie, we get there. We're here. We've reached the mountaintop. the The promised land is before us. Well, uh, you know, we've, we've we we we're we're here. I somehow I don't know how but the fucking the tightrope they walked this movie did everything I wanted it to uh it it established why the MCU chose to go in the direction they did it it gave us a great crossover it juggled a bunch of villains without getting lost and you know falling down a rabbit hole of a bunch of other stupid shit like all the other multi-villain Spider-Man movies but it still kept the focus on Peter even with the other Peters. Uh, it's, you know, if you didn't like the MCU Spider-Man, uh, the ending of this movie uh, is going to placate you and it's going to, uh, you know, get you excited for the next ones. And if you did, if you really liked them like me, even better. You know, it's, a, it's, an, it's both, like I said before, it's both a return to basics and an evolution of what we got before. 100%. And the, the best part is we're getting three more of these suckers. I don't know how long I think Tom Holland has talked about how it, he doesn't want to play Spider-Man by the time he's 30. 
Uh, and you know what? Fair to him. Dude's rock. Uh, God knows that he's going to blow out his knees uh, doing all the crazy shit that he does. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to I'm going to cherish these next three movies we're going to get because they're probably going to be the last ones he does. I would uh, not be surprised. Yeah. Five stars. Top of the ranking. God bless America. Alex, what 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 are, what are, what are your thoughts here? Well, I, I went into this knowing that we were going to be, you know, revisiting our rankings here. And with that said, uh, full 100% disclosure, I caught this on premiere day. I watched a camera for this a couple days ago. Uh, I held off on saying that for the majority of this. I don't know why, but I don't give a fuck anymore. And like, you know, I, I, I did so I could do that at home and, and draft a succinct synopsis. And I yeah, it didn't I, take I, away the, from the quality because it was a really decent camera, actually. The second uh, the second viewing of the movie that I saw, I brought a notebook and a pen <laughs> to the theater and I was writing down shit in a dark theater. I, I watched this movie twice and in 100 percent Thanos, as I mentioned earlier, I watched Spider-Verse last night uh, solely because a, I'm jazzed about Spider-Man. and This is our season finale. Uh, and B. I needed to know in my own heart and in my head, which is better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've thought a lot about it. And yep. this is my hot take in that while I love No Way Home so much for what it is, I still think Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie. There's That's so fair. much merit and everything you said is not incorrect about the merits of this movie and why it's good. But in my head, um, it's it's almost like trying to compare two perfect things and look for yes, a flaw in one. It is. Uh, with that said, I think Spider Verse is more accessible if you don't know jack shit about Spider Man. And I also think that it is more groundbreaking in its its like animation style and more innovative in what it did. As opposed, I, I'm not knocking No Way Home, but it is just a hair more nuanced than here's the villains from the past again. Here's the Spider Man from the past again. I, no, no, I totally neither, is get a, it. neither is a bad project and I'm speaking more to the viewer at this point to like convince them and convince myself I'm not knocking it but with that said I settled into a really really comfortable thought process of calling Spider-Verse the best with No Way Home at a shockingly close second and then just a bit further down ladder Spider-Man 2 Raimi being the, the next best that's that's so, that's what makes sense to me I have I haven't well all right uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's the Spider-Verse. It, it's it's very, very close. Um, I. Again, it's I, I uh, part of me is I need to rewatch Spider-Verse. I haven't seen it in a while, but part of it is I kind of burn myself out on that movie because I've seen it eight times. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I've probably seen it the same. And but, you know, as much that movie is fantastic and it is. If you're just telling somebody to watch one Spider-Man movie, that would be the one. It's it's easy. That's the one. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, already even earlier this season, I've talked about how you know, Raimi one has sort of usurped it in my opinion, just because I have so much I have so much attachment to that movie. Right. And that's really uh, funny because for the longest time I was the Raimi one stan, and eventually I think I decided one day, you know what? No, I think two is better despite its flaws. But it's, you know, <laughs> but yeah, you're. I mean. Like like I said, it is. It looks it obviously the Spider Verse looks way better than this movie. Uh, this this like I said, this movie has CGI problems, but it it and you know it 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 does it is a great encapsulation of what the character is. Both of these movies are entirely just celebrating Spider Man as a character for sure, and it's 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 
very hard to explain just how well they get everything right. But for me, just just those last few seconds, and I know I'm probably going to rethink about this years later and be like, ah, oh, what was I? What the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> uh, but this in this moment at that last that last final scene, it's like we did it. We got to the point. Yeah, the thing, it, it, the thing, the thing that was in my head of wouldn't this be a great live action Spider Man movie with all these things, uh, you know, Tom Holland just being a great version of the character, having a slightly different spin on everything, having a relationship, uh, you know, a romantic, a romantic interest that's actually well written and good, mm. having jokes that all work. Having all this stuff, getting all the the little minute details of the character, getting all that right, and it still everything. ties. It still manages to also tie into like the greater MCU with all of its little like Ta- acknowledgments. Tying, and... ta- yeah, tying into a larger Marvel universe and not being just constrained to its own little thing. Uh, in- incorporating other Spider-Man movies and you know giving them the epilogue <laughs> that they deserve. Arms crossed, sigh, even Venom. I guess getting getting all of it. Getting all of it all scooped up in one basket, getting that out from my head into reality. I'm like, this is it. This is it, man. It's it's such I, it it's just so good. I will but, I like I will concede with my asterisk. Yeah, it's the best live action Spider-Man. Oh, absolutely. easy, easy best live action Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man 2 can suck my dick. Without uh, a doubt. Not even a question. And it, and it really at this point it shouldn't even be a question who's the best live action Spider Man. It's Tom Holland. That's not even I, a question. Anymore. I yeah. There's literally nothing I can do to disagree with you there. I have my like I I have my nostalgia glasses firmly on, and I will always live and die by the Raimi suit. I think. But with that said, Tom Holland is the best Peter he's, Parker we've ever been given. He's the guy. He's his him. growth. His 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 portrayal of grief. It, it, it and the way he carries it after that is just it's. It's so Ugh. true to the comics that it, it's painful, and it makes me wish of all of them that 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 Lee and Ditko could have seen this one. And again, you know, God, if Stan had a cameo in this movie, ugh, it would have been. And you know, again, we're He's gonna get three more Spider-Man. We're gonna get three more movies of this. You know, we got the, the door is open. A Spider-Man Daredevil crossover. A Spider-Man, a good version of the the black suit story. Can you imagine? I, I think like I've read a little bit. People are clamoring for a secret wars now. Now that we have this introduction, oh can you God, imagine oh if like God. the Russos got a secret oh. wars? Like, just attach the Russos to that, and it makes itself. Oh, oh! I don't mean to turn into a consumer. Uh, love Marvel. Uh, this is my favorite shot of the movie, and it's just a, a picture of a green screen. Uh, it's. I just can't get over it. It's. I think I saw a review once that uh, uh, not too long ago that called this movie like an impossible triumph. Yeah, this this movie had so much, so many odds stacked against it. And I know that's a lot to say for a for a multi-million dollar movie based on a franchise. Everybody knows. Uh, But there were so many opportunities they could have fucked up and they just didn't. They didn't. And the door and the door is wide open for them to make even more, even better movies. In it's the spirit insane. of continuity, you remember that scene in Endgame where Tony's trying to figure out time travel and he does figure it out, and it's just kind of a minute little, oh shit, I did it, kind of. He's like, oh, that's shit. this movie. That's this movie. They've been trying for years to figure out the formula to make the perfect Spider-Man movie, I just, and they just, I just figured can't... it out, and they're like, oh, well, there it is. There it is. I, I just, I can't believe this movie's real. So, my it's final real, ranking... and I'm getting it on fucking Blu-ray day one. Oh, oh, 
I, I have a, I have a PS5 now, so I can watch that shit in 4K. Four thousand uh, individual Spider-Man in every show. Oh my god! Uh, and you know, we've already talked about this. Uh, actually, we haven't fully because there was a a, a teaser for uh, Spider-Verse Two across the Spider-Verse Part One. Yeah. Actually, it's going to be a two-part movie, giving uh, us three total Spider-Verse movies across. Who knows the board. that that could be even better and smash this movie out of the park? We but, will you be know, here to talk about it the day it comes out. It's it's a great time to be a Spider-Man fan. Get on the bandwagon. It's not too late. It's not too late. You got six years of shit to go through. There's no posers. Anybody. No posers. My final ranking is Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, A tie between Screamy 1 and Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man Homecoming. Captain America Civil War. Avengers Infinity War Avengers Endgame. Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 1977, The Amazing Spider-Man, and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Alex, what's your uh, final ranking here, buddy? I don't have my full one pulled up in front of me. I probably I, I have it. I can read you it off if mine. you want me to. Yeah, the only, the, I, I would just insert uh, uh, No Way Home in between my number one of Spider-Verse and my number, my now number three of Raimi 2. Yes, so Alex's final ranking is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man No Way Home, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man Homecoming, Raimi 1, a tie between Infinity War and Endgame, Civil War, Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man 77, Amazing 1, Amazing 2. I think the big takeaway from this season is if you you have the choice of the Amazing or 77, watch 77. Watch 77. (laughs) Or or just get some Takuya in your life. Why not? Why not? Uh, all right. That's our that's our rankings. This is a long, and, long and ass that's episode. Our show. Not yet. We do have a letter. Oh yeah, no, I'm you know, I'm, yeah, we do. We started this. We started recording this like four hours ago. Uh, <laughs> we do have a a, a a Twitter DM from Vengeful Noob. Uh, it says, "Hey guys, only recently discovered the show, and it's become a fast favorite while driving for work." Well, Aww. thank you. That's really nice. I loved your episode on Turn Off the Dark. Coincidentally, my best wishes for the recovery of your mental health. And thanks for mentioning Hades Town. That's a good show. Go listen to Hades Town. I don't think it's our mental health you have to worry about. Somebody has to check on B. It's B. B is like sitting in a corner with a straitjacket on, like whispering to himself. Uh, since Spider Man doesn't lend itself to a musical, I wonder how you think the cast would have done in a Spider Man film if cast in the same roles. So basically, they're asking if. The cast of Turn Reeve Off the Carney. Dark would have would have done well in an actual movie. Uh, probably not in my I, opinion. I can't, I, I can't say yes to that with a with a with a solid feeling about it. Uh, the the one thing I remember about that is um, like like taking away from it, I didn't find Reeve Carney to be like a spectacular Peter Parker. The yeah. MJ is a little too cheery. The only performance I like remember remember is Norman Osborn. And if we're talking a cinematic Norman Osborn, you're already shooting yourself in the foot because the MCU couldn't come up with a better one than Willem Dafoe. As much as I wanted them to have Bob Odenkirk, uh, that was my dream cast for, Gr- oh, for Norman Odenkirk. Osborn. Uh, you know, you just sometimes you you just have to realize that it was already already done perfectly. You don't you don't repaint the Mona Lisa, yeah, and then think you can do it better. I, I sometimes a lame horse is just a lame horse. And I'm sorry to say that that turn off the dark had four broken legs when it arrived. Yes. 
And and even as I said in the episode, I love Reeve Carney in Hades Town, but Reeve Carney has a very uh, willowy voice that doesn't work well for Peter. I don't think it, it's uh, yeah, it's a situation where like you know the cast. It is a it's a good cast for what it is. I just don't think anything about that story or the people they cast for it would transition well to like a film medium. Generally, trying to make a movie out of a uh, out of a a Broadway musical is a bad idea. It don't really work out very well. Um, that's Unless just... your name is Lin Manuel Miranda, and then like ten thousand, no, hundred thousand screaming dorks will buy your shit every time. Or like the wet, or like Steep West Side Story. I haven't seen either of those movies, but I hear they're good. Um, but yeah, thank you for your question, vengeful noob. Much appreciated. Uh, I guess since. Since this is our, our last episode of the season, we can continue this incredibly long episode by sort of uh, briefly talking about our, our opinion, our sort of thoughts on this, uh, this last season. Mm. It was fun. <laughs> I liked doing it. It was a lot of work. Uh, I don't want to be like, woe is me, but I had to do all of the, the editing and, and uh, which I absolutely commend you for all, all the editing and all the artwork. And it's going to be a nightmare to edit this episode. Our, our but, multiple uh, struggles with our recording bot that we use throughout, which, by the way, commending him as well, held solidly through this four hour <laughs> fucking podcast. commending Craig, who did not drop out at all during this episode. Uh, uh, God, please. No, God the bless Craig. Uh, uh, thanks to all of our uh, guests we had, uh, mm-hmm. Brian and jackson uh hope we can get you back for something i have uh, even more ideas for even more guests for whatever comes next obviously b and even robert who was unable to show up for his episode uh our steadfast pal our steadfast you, robert. pal robert love you rob uh again all the love and support from the people who have listened to this podcast all the people over at 70 millimeter in the vhs village who have uh, supported me and all the stuff that I've done, uh, and all the people over in uh, the Bone Zone server, all of Jordan's people and uh, B's people, and all of our other guests that we've ever had on the show, and Phoenix and King, who are still here in the Discord server because I'm, <laughs> I don't kick them out. I do a lot of uh, uh, plugging this in real life. I, I I make the horrible mistake of being like, hey, can I adjust my schedule? I need Wednesday nights off. Oh, why do you need Wednesdays off? Oh, I do a podcast with a friend. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I have three or four work friends that listen to this. Uh, I have a lot of individual friends who don't even give a shit about Spider-Man who I know listen to this. So I just wanted to also personally think if you know my dork ass in real life and you still took the time to listen to my podcast, even when I'm not in the room with you so I could keep talking about Spider-Man. I really appreciate that. And if I don't know you and you listen to this, I still appreciate you because you don't have to listen to this. And I'm glad you do. You, if you're listening to this almost four hour long episode, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as for what we're going to do in the future, we don't know. Uh, unlike last season where we had a vague idea of maybe we'd do a second season here. It's like, we might have some like sporadic specials in the future. Yeah, we might have comes bonus up that we episodes. We, we've talked about doing something with Jackson again. Uh, obviously, we've talked about the the freshman year series. We keep talking about. We're probably going to do a little mini series about that when that comes out. A lot our like spectacular series. We might break it up over a couple episodes or something. We've got. We've still got a lot of stuff that we haven't talked about. The PS4 games, uh, most obviously. Is uh, a- 
but weird wide world of Spider-Man. A weird wide world, and I'm I'm a little tired at this point. <laughs> yeah, we we need a break. Lex we, needs we, a break. We need a break. Uh, I need to learn but, how to edit some audio or something. <laughs> No, I, I the the only way I, I the only way it's gonna work out is if I edit everything because if the only way to do something right is to do it yourself. We we here at Spidey say. Signals have a method, and it's it's a crazy ass method, but it works. It's the Marvel method. That's how we do it. Um, but I I've but, appreciated my time here. I I love hosting co-hosting the show. I am really looking forward to whatever we can pull out of our asses in the future to have you fine folks listen to. Exactly. We've talked about doing a John Carpenter podcast. We could do just a regular <laughs> movie podcast if we wanted to. I mean, uh, we could transition. Who knows? We have to come up with a new goofy name, but we'll get there. The future is open wide for the two guys with the same name. Talking about Spider-Man and also other things, maybe. And also other things. Uh, yeah, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got a question or a comment that you'd like us to read sometime uh you can send it to us at our email address spidey signals podcast at gmail.com or you can shoot us a dm on twitter at spidey signals next week we got nothing going on next week we are enjoying our wednesday evening <laughs> next week next week <laughs> is uh, i think i have to go to the dentist next week uh but you know the day after the, th- this comes out on christmas eve so uh have a merry christmas or whatever if you don't celebrate uh yeah we'll see you sometime bye (laughs) stay responsible and stay powerful stay responsible spider-man loves you